The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you for the wonderful introduction and good morning. Today is October 17, 2021, and here are the topics that we will discuss on this week's edition of the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Well, first, it's not hyperbole. It's not a radical rant from a right-wing reverend. It is a sociological fact. Uh, 52% of all African-American pregnancies end in abortion. 1,786 a day, and since 1973, over 20 million African Americans have been killed by abortion alone. So it is not uh, anything to be used uh, lightly. It is a sociological fact, and it's happening on our watch, and I'm grieved over that. We hired you as professionals. We trust you with our children. So. As you go through, just try to remember the concept of 3979 and make sure that if, if, if you have a book on the Holocaust, that you have one that has a hunting that has other How do you hold the Holocaust? <laughs> Believe me, that's come up. School district superintendent in North Texas apologizing after one of the district's administrators told teachers during a training session last week to balance books taught about the Holocaust with others that have a, quote, opposing perspective. You think I really want to give up all my dreams to go after a championship? I get to do whatever I want with this. This is one body that I get here, one God body that I get here. Are you telling me what to do with my body? This has everything to do with what's going on in our world, and I'm being grouped in to something that's bigger than, than just a game of basketball. Online radio at its best. Dear Lord, I thank you for waking me up this morning. I praise and glorify your holy name. This is the day that you have made, so I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today I ask for your guidance and protection as I tackle my day. May your hand be on me, Lord. When things get tough, may I have the courage to set my heart and mind on you knowing that you will see me through any obstacles during my day. Help me focus on you and set aside time for prayer and your word. I desire to fellowship with you more and more each day. I thank you in advance for the peace that will envelope me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here 
on the TGRS radio network, online radio. It's best, of course, I never share the stage by myself. The crew is in the house. Vanessa Maybell is in the house. Johnny D is in the place to be in the man that gets the first and last word. The one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house as well. Let me say good morning to my colleagues. Vanessa, good morning. How are you, hunt? Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning, everybody. Glad to be here this morning. It's a blessed day. Thank you so much for being in the house. Can't wait to hear what you have to say on some of the topics this morning. Johnny D is in the place to be. John, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. I am truly blessed to be here. And uh, Miss Vanessa, good morning. Mr. Les, good morning. Mr. Jerome, to all those who may be on the show, uh, and to my brother Jay. Thank everyone for allowing us an opportunity to come into your home. So uh, excited about the topics, uh, some controversial topics as as usually picked out by the boss, Jay. So uh, let's go. Well, I tell you, man, uh, it's a show full of bosses. We do our thing, but I appreciate the comment and uh yeah, some controversial topics indeed this morning. Can't wait to get into them. Mr. Elias, how are you, sir? Well, good morning to you, sir. And uh, good morning, Nessa. Uh, good morning, Rich Sister. Uh, good morning, Kathleen. Uh, good morning, Mama B. Uh, good morning, Mary the Music. Good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. Oh, man. Uh, the phone call, the number is 347 Mr. Elias did mention Jackie. I think Jackie is here. Let's uh, turn her mic on. Good morning, mm-hmm. Jackie. How are you? I'm great. How's everyone doing? Good, good, good. good. Doing well, doing well. Glad you got. Glad you're here. All right, once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the calling number. We have a lot to get into, but if you've been listening to this show, you know it is time. This is the part of the show where I like to call a point of personal privilege where we kind of chat it up a little bit. And we usually try to cover topics that we will not have a full segment on this morning. Man, we have some good ones this morning. Uh, Mr. Elias, let me start with you on this one. Uh, Dave Chappelle, I I didn't hear what he said, but apparently he has pissed off a lot of people. Netflix, they say they're going to remain behind their star. They're going to continue to support him. But a lot of groups are saying, look, his comments were just downright wrong, and I didn't even hear him. So, hey, talk to me about this, man. What is going on with Dave Chappelle? And, you know, the unwritten rule when it comes to comedians, comedians usually say things that normal people wouldn't because you try to get a laugh, but apparently just went too far. Uh, give us, uh, talk to us about this, man. What's going on with Dave Chappelle? Did it, did it go too far? I don't think so, because what Dave was talking about, was uh, the transgender community, and he and, and you okay. know they, Dave and the transgender community have been fighting for years. But you know, All right. it, it, what people don't know is that Dave had a transgender uh, a woman open up for him, right? And this transgender woman was—I guess she was horrible at at uh, opening up the show. But Dave liked her spirit because she followed Dave wherever he went to, and. Um, you know, this this woman stuck up for Dave after his last Sticks and Stones uh, special. And uh, I guess Twitter ate her alive. And she ended up killing herself. And uh, what Dave did was she had, a, uh, she, had a, she had a daughter. And Dave said, at the end of his special, he said, 
uh, he got a scholarship fund. He got an endowment set up for this young for this young girl, and he said he doesn't want to give it to her until she gets ready to go to college. And he said, I want to tell you when I meet you that your mother was a hell of a man. And I mean, you know, Dave Chappelle is Dave Chappelle, man. He's he's not gonna stop doing. Well, hold on, was that the comment? Yeah, that's the comment. Yeah, that, that, Are you sure? Okay, that, okay. Uh, wow, that okay. I, and 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 the, the the transgender family said that Dave Chappelle is an ally to the transgender, and they said Dave Chappelle was nothing but kind to their to their to their transgender uh, relative. And he he he, he was all, that this person was always around Dave, and Dave never had any ill will towards this person. So okay. I mean, look, right. man, you know, I, yeah, he, he, I, so he, I he don't know some other stuff to say about transgender. And uh, of course, okay. See, that's the part you leave it out. See, 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 that's the part you leave it out. See, I was going to say. Well, no, I don't know. No, I'm going to, no, I'm going to no, take no, your no, word no, for no. it. Yeah, you I mean, said you know, he, he had, had other things like to say. Yeah, he did. He had. A, you know, I can remember. You know, right now, but okay. he had other things well, to say well, about well, transgenders. As far as I, you know, he what he said he believed is that what what, what J.K. Rollins, who was the woman that wrote Harry Potter, he said. I believe the same thing she believes. When you're born, you're born into a gender. And, you know, that's that that's okay. what a lot of transgenders upset because they okay. don't they, they they you know, and they said, I'm going to identify you as though you were born. You know, they want to okay. be identified right. as a whatever as a woman or a man or whatever. All right, all right, all right. You know? all right, all right. I I'm gonna go back and listen to the comments and, and I haven't heard them. go ahead, Jackie, real quick. Yeah, um, yeah, I saw the special and I th- I thought it was great what he did because he yeah, really showed the respect that he had for his friends. But but the quote but the quote though at the end though, see what he said <laughs> what, what he said was and I just think it was something the way he said that's probably something his friend would have laughed at. He he, mm-hmm. he said talking about. I knew your father, and he was a lovely woman. Yeah. <laughs> I just think yeah, that's well. something he would have laughed at. Okay, well, I, I don't know. I, I just thought she, he respectfully talked about her, you know. Okay. But right. I didn't have a problem All right. with it. All right, well, I'm going to go back and listen to it and, uh, and you know, form my own opinion, but... Uh, you know, basically what you guys are saying, it doesn't sound like it was a whole lot. Please reduce the noise in the background, whoever it is, because it is loud and annoying. All right, so uh, next topic, and I'm going to go to you, John, because, you know, this is your guy from your team. Terry Bradshaw made a comment about Aaron Andrews, the way she was. He, I tell you what, let me play the compliment. Let me play the comment, which I usually don't do during this segment, but I am so beside this. Let me play what he said, and then, John, I want to get your response on the other side. This is what Terry Bradshaw said during a Thursday night football broadcast. Uh, this uh, he, comments he made about Aaron Andrews after she conducted an interview with a football player. She was dressed in Western gear. Let's listen to Terry Bradshaw and then John will talk on the other side. You've got your cowboy boots on and your shirt. You're looking good. That was nice. I enjoyed that interview. Okay, that was it. <laughs> and so now all of a sudden people are calling for Terry Bradshaw wow. to be kicked off the show and that's what he said. So John I know you're still his guy. Had on there looking good. Yeah, oh, I mean come on. 
John, you're you're a Pittsburgh guy. You know that's you know I know he's one of the reasons why you probably you know joined the ranks of the Iron Steel Curtain or whatever the case may be. So, brother, talk to me, man. Is this really? I mean, is this a whole bunch to do about nothing, sir? You know, sometimes we take ourselves too serious and. Every little opportunity to dispel someone's credibility and character, we will we, we will take on that. Terry Bradshaw has said a lot more offensive comments throughout his broadcast years than that. Now, of course, Aaron Andrews, perhaps it's the fact that the that pervert videotaped her in, in a hotel room, and people may be overly sensitive towards towards her. Uh, uh, I'm not exactly good point. Certain. Good point. Um, you know, the, the truth is, it even goes back to, you know, comedians. Comedians make some of the most uh, uh, insensitive comments uh, towards people. And, but sometimes it's intended for humor. Sometimes it's intended to scorn and make a point. You know, Dave right. Chappelle's comments as far as transgender go back. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm bottling up both of these these, these commentaries. Um, but with the Terry Bradshaw, uh, that's the first I'd heard that. But if if that's the extent of it, then, you know, that's somebody it. needs to get a life and, and, and focus on, you know, the Washington football team comments and the, the John Gruden comments and that whole array yeah. of, 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 of comments of that nature right there. But if that was it, I mean... Really? That was really, it. Really, really. That's it. Yeah. That's wow. it. That's it. That was it. Period. Point blank. Period. Wow. Uh, full stock. Period. That was it. And people are going crazy. Wow. All right, Vanessa, we're coming to the great state of Texas. I know that you love Texas, even though we're, you know, I mean, our tourism has to be going down based on some of the crap that we've been doing here recently. But hey, Captain Kirk in space. I mean, what were you thinking, Vanessa, when you saw Captain Kirk? The uh, the infamous leader of the Star Trek Enterprise going to space for the very first time. Give me your thoughts, Vanessa. You know, I'm so sick of this private rocket ship stuff. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, okay. All righty. No, I mean... Why? Mm-hmm. Isn't there something else that we could be doing with money and time and the background yeah Bobby, Bobby Jones is over here saying it's their money they can do whatever they want to do with their money so I'm mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what Bobby's over here saying so uh, oh my god you know me me yeah I'm yeah. sick of it I'm really I'm over it it's like okay y'all so I'm sure that Beyonce and is and her husband is gonna be up in space in a few minutes because they got a lot of money. So <laughs> get out, that's what I got. Over it. Over it. Wow, wow, Vanessa. Beautiful. You ended the segment right on time. Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, I would love to have a camera when you guys are going back and forth on the show. I think it's just much CTV. All right. That is it for personal privilege. It is time for an NPR News update. And like Johnny D said, we have a lot to talk about. And this first topic, I'm here to tell you, buckle your seats because just buckle your seats. All right. NPR News Update coming up next. It's the serious side. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. 
Jury selection begins tomorrow for the three men, uh, the three white men charged with murder and the killing of Ahmad Arbery, a 25-year-old black man who was out for a jog when he was chased down and shot. Supporters of Arbery's family led a rally in Georgia this weekend. NPR's Liz Baker was there. The quiet neighborhood of Satilla Shores briefly filled with vehicles as supporters and family of Ahmad Arbery wound their way past the spot where Arbery was shot and killed February last year. At a rally outside the courthouse, demonstrators were cautiously optimistic about the upcoming trial thanks to several victories since Arbery's death, including the repeal of Georgia's citizen's arrest law and a new state hate crime law. Activists say that progress keeps them hopeful for a fair and diverse jury, but they'll still be keeping a close eye on Monday's proceedings. Liz Baker, NPR News, Brunswick, Georgia. Police in the UK questioning the suspect in Friday's murder of a longtime lawmaker under British terrorism laws, but the 25-year-old has not yet been charged. David Amos was stabbed to death during a meeting with constituents. The government says it's considering a number of options to boost security for lawmakers. A strike in Hollywood has been averted. Tens of thousands of film and TV workers were ready to go on strike tomorrow, but that's no longer the plan. Their union has hammered out a deal with studios and producers. NPR's Mandalay Barco reports a work stoppage would have shut down much of Hollywood. The International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, or IOSI, represents cinematographers, editors, makeup artists, visual effects crews, even the people who feed the cast and crews, as many as 60,000 workers in all. They produce film and TV shows, mostly from Hollywood, but from other parts of the country, too. And they were asking for living wages, meal breaks, weekend rest periods, and more compensation for working on productions that are streamed online. They were prepared to go on strike if they couldn't come up with a new contract with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Mandalita Barco, NPR News, Los Angeles. A spacecraft carrying a Russian film crew has safely returned to Earth after shooting scenes for a movie at the International Space Station. The moment when the capsule landed safely in Kazakhstan was captured by NASA TV and Russian Roscosmos. 20 meters, guys. Brace yourselves. Touchdown confirmed at 11.35 p.m. Central Time, 10.35 a.m. Kazakhstan Time. And uh, confirmation from the search and recovery forces that the uh, Soyuz landed upright, so they stuck the landing on the steppe of Kazakhstan. The 12-day movie-making mission of Parasild and Chepenko at an end. The actress Yulia Parasild and her director spending 12 days aboard the station. This is NPR News. In more news, an article in the Wall Street Journal last week spotlighted a topic often ignored in the nation, the alarming abortion rate for African Americans in the United States. Wall Street Journal columnist Jason Riley wrote a piece last week titled, Let's Talk About the Black Abortion Rate. Riley explored how in New York City, thousands more black babies are aborted than born alive each year. And he highlighted how on the national level, black women terminate pregnancies at far higher rates than other women. Look at these numbers. In 2014, black women made up 13% of the U.S. female population, but 36% of all abortions were performed on black women. I spoke on this exact topic, the alarming black abortion rate, with a pro-life leader earlier this year. 
Pastor Leonard Howard Childress Jr. is Senior Pastor of New Calvary Baptist Church and Assistant to the Director at LEARN, the Life Education and Resource Network. He coined the phrase that the most dangerous place for an African American is in the womb. We go now to our interview with Pastor Childress to hear why. Well, first, it's not hyperbole. It's not a radical rant from a right-wing reverend. It is a sociological fact. Uh, 52% of all African-American pregnancies end in abortion, 1,786 a day. And since 1973, over 20 million African-Americans have been killed by abortion alone. So it is not... Uh, anything to be used uh, lightly. It is a sociological fact and it's happening on our watch and I'm grieved over that. And you are bre- Welcome back in 347-850-1272 It's 20 minutes after the hour you're listening to the uh, serious side of the J. Rowell Show which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. As Republican-led states continue their assault on a woman's right to choose, we have we want to have a frank discussion about abortions in the black community. Black women have been experiencing induced abortions at a rate nearly four times that of women over the last three decades, and likely much more. The impact in years of potential life loss given abortion's high incidence and racially skewed distribution indicates that it is the most important demographically consequential occurrence for the minority population. The science community has refused to engage on the subject, and the popular media has essentially ignored it. In the current unfolding environment, there may be no better matrix for the value of black lives than this. Let's uh, Let's start this uh, very difficult conversation off this morning. Uh, Let me start with with you, Mr. Elias, because, uh, you know, Texas has been in the news, not only Texas, but like like I said, all these Republican-led states trying to put laws in place to tell a woman what to do with her body. Um, But the numbers when it comes to African-American women, the numbers are alarming and staggering. Um, Let's – we talk about abortions, and – Abortions, um, I'm trying to find a way to <clears throat> say this without offending people, and that's why I'm a little uh, – let me just get your thoughts on this, Mr. Elias, and let me think of a, a, a better way to uh, to express what I, what, I, what I really want to say because, like I said, my intent is not to offend anyone, um, so I'm trying to find the right words to uh, broach uh, – put a question out there on the table for discussion. So give me your thoughts on, on this whole thing, and then let, let me think of a more creative way to ask uh, this very difficult question that I, I want to ask your panel. Well, you know, some Jay, as a man that went through this with the woman, and when I was 18, I had a young lady that was pregnant, and her mother said that she was too young to have a child. And it scarred me. Don't get me wrong, it scarred me for the rest of my life uh, wanting to have children because that woman ultimately decided the fate of my child. But I still, in my heart of hearts, believe that it is a woman's choice whether she wants to do with her body, whether she wants to have a child or not. That is her choice. She has to deal with the uh, the the the. the the child being inside of her body. Now, once it's outside the body, 
that's my job to start taking over and, and, and making sure my seat is, is well taken care of. But that, you know, it, it, you know, I hear the man out there saying that, well, it takes two to make a child and you're 100% right. But that is that woman's body. And, you know, you cannot tell somebody what to do with their body. That, that, that I'm quite sure we're going to touch on Kyrie Irving. So uh, I'll save my comments for that. But you cannot ultimately tell somebody it's okay. Uh, you, 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 you don't have to, uh, you know, you, you, you know, to come to work, you got to take a vaccine. But you, you know, you're telling the woman she has to have a child. Let me jump in, Mr. Elias, and I'm so glad. First of all, thank you for sharing that story. I'm jumping in because it just came to me how to ask the question. I'm glad you started off your comments with that story because that's a perfect segue into me asking the question. You talked about how it's a woman's right to choose. Now, you were a high school student. She was a high school student. The mother knew that the burden of taking care of that kid would fall on her initially. Now, you may get yourself together. No one no one could have known that you would turn out to be the guy who you are, stand-up guy, and, and the whole nine yards. But that was a decision that the I mother know. made based on, okay, but wait a minute now, but that was a decision that her mother made because she was a minor at the time. So this kind of falls into the responsibility category, and this is where I was trying to go with my question. Where does the responsibility lie with the people who are involved? And please do not – I just want to have a straight-up, frank discussion about it. And I'm not trying to choose a side. I think I agree with everyone else. I think a woman should have the right to choose. But we're talking about a child here. We're talking about the irresponsibilities of these young people having unprotected sex. And sometimes I know that there's a situation where there may be a uh, – you know, maybe the, the – the, birth control failed or, you know, obviously incest and rape, that's a whole different category. But I'm just talking about just based on the fact that since you brought your topic up, let's, 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 you brought it up. Let's talk about that a little bit. So, and you can ask these questions. You can tell me to kick rocks. You can do whatever. How did she end up getting pregnant, Mr. Elias? Obviously, I know how, but I'm saying, was it a situation where you didn't have protection or it was a situation where the protection failed? What happened? And how did she end up the pregnant, if you don't failed. mind me asking this question? Okay. What, right. what a, the protection failed. That's, that's how she okay. got pregnant. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, that's just, I mean, that's just that that happened. It protection failed. All right. I, Vanessa, as a mother, um, do you, let's just, you know, I'm glad you brought this up, Mr. Elias. It's going to kind of help us through this segment. His situation, Mr. Elias's situation, right? And, and listen, let me tell you something. I know for a fact everything that he said is true. You know, I know better than anybody else. And I know what type of profound effect that it's had on him. I know it. And, you know, I hurt women when it happened. I know it. But Vanessa, she was a child when this happened. And do you agree with how that situation was handled by the mother, knowing that her baby is pregnant with from another student, knowing that, you know, we see this all the time in our community? where kids, you know, they have babies when they're young and, and, you know, then you have these parents taking care of these children. And, and so, 
her mother decided to, I'm not going to burden myself with that, and she decided to take her daughter to have an abortion. Think, do you agree with that? Or, give me a thoughts on it. Les, can I ask you a question? Good morning, sweetheart. Can I ask you a question, Les? Good morning, darling. Yes, ma'am, you can, most definitely. What did that young lady end up going to do with her life? Do you know? Um, yeah, I know. I, I'm still in contact with her. Uh, she owns her own, own business. You know, she, she's married and she owns her own business. Uh, but her mother said she was too young to be a grandmother at 38. Did she go to college? Uh, no, she didn't go to college. Okay. Mm-mm. And I started to go. I should go to the military. Okay. So if you were supposed to go to the military, and the daughter hopefully was supposed to go to college, she didn't, but was supposed to. Maybe the mother felt like she didn't want to be saddled with taking care of that child. We as mothers or as parents always want our children to do better than what we have done. And so, you know, my daughter's not able to have children. So if it was hindsight, I would say, get any kind of sperm donor, Jessica, because I need a grandchild. But, and no, I, I, I don't think that what the mother did was wrong. I think that the mother felt like she was going to have to take care of that child that her daughter was 17, 18 years old. Um, I don't know what kind of financial situation those people were in. Me, personally, no, I would not have taken uh, my child to go and have an abortion. Um, That's just not what I believe. Um, I do believe in abortions, but financially, Bobby and I could have taken care of the child so it, I, I would have been cussing her out and cussing him out and cussing his parents out, you know, but I would not have aborted the child only because Bobby and I are, were just had both parents and we were financially where we could take care of the child. So, no, I wouldn't have. But we don't know about that mama. That mama might not have wanted to have been saddled with trying to get a babysitter, trying to help that girl so she could go to school. I mean, we just don't know what the deal was with that mama. So the mama made the best decision that she could for the young lady and for their finances, I'm sure. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say what I'm that gonna, lady did was wrong. I'm going to ask whoever, Vanessa, let me jump in real quick. I'm going to ask whoever has whatever on their background, if they can mute that, because we can definitely hear it over the air. Um, go ahead, Vanessa, finish your thought. No, I, I was finished. I just, I, I, I think that a lot of times what this is is when a lot of stuff, y'all, in this world, to people who are listening, a lot of things that go on in people's lives is based on if it is two two parents in the household. Um, there are mothers who do a good job of taking care of children by themselves and fathers who take care of children by themselves. But it, it just makes a difference when you have two parents in the household. And so if that lady didn't have two parents in the household, that lady might not feel like she wanted to be able to take care of all of that and do all of that. And I'm just not going to say that it wasn't her decision or it wasn't the best decision. I can only say that I wouldn't have. Uh, And and then my mom and dad got divorced when I was like 13, 14 years old, had been married 26 years. 
You know, I'm not saying that my mom, my mom probably would have cussed me out and did everything else in the world talking about me, but she wouldn't have made me have an abortion, and I wouldn't have made my child have an abortion. Do I agree with all of these people who are getting pregnant uh, in our family? They just, I want a baby. I'm 25 years old, and they just, you know, get pregnant. Do I agree with all of that without being married? No, I think all of that is insane. But that being in high school, left going to the military, the woman was probably praying that the child went to college. Um, I don't think it was a bad decision. And once again, and once again, I'm going to ask whoever has that on in the background, please mute it. I don't know who it is trying to find out. Okay, but whoever has it, please turn that off. Okay. John, I don't want want, okay, Mr. Elias, once again, thank you so much for bringing that up. Uh, We have uh, about uh, about 10 minutes left in the segment, so I want to make sure that we uh, stay conscious of our time. Um, John, I don't want to turn this into, you know, uh, focusing on Mr. Elias's situation. Uh, I want to look at the overall numbers and talk about the responsibility uh, of 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 our folks when it comes to this, and, I, and once again, I, like I said, it's just a discussion that I want to have. I don't want it to. What I you know, once again, I always have to do these disclaimers. I believe in a woman's right to choose. I have no problem with that, but at the same time, I you know, I'm just looking at the rate is alarming, and so like. How do we – there has to be another side of the story, right? So how do we prevent it to get to the point where, you know, we have so many abortions in our community? You know, once again, is it a situation where it's education? I mean, what do we do uh, when you – when I was looking at these numbers, they were staggering. And I was like, oh, my God. So so just give me your thoughts on this. You know, Jay, uh, like you say, I, I certainly um... – appreciate uh, brother Les uh, giving a account to to his life and um and like i say it the numbers um i had never heard the numbers before although i had done some research years ago but that's that staggering um as far as the data and let's let's start with the stereotypes okay um in the perception if if you think about how Blacks in America and really throughout the nation, there is a a, a stereotype um, of just this this, this sexual uh, deviancy and promiscuity um, that that's that's who we are. Okay, uh, that's who we are. You know, if you look at how everything uh, is depicted. Um, in regards to African Americans, it wasn't about our grade point average, um, and and even you know we all are roughly the same age, but I can remember coming up, and you know, guys my age, we didn't sit there and we didn't talk about how smart we were, what grades we we made. The majority of the comments would would be, you know, if you couldn't, you know, you played basketball, what have you, and then the next thing you know, somebody say, you know, well, well, my 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 penis bigger than yours. I mean, something stupid like that. I mean, you understand what yeah. I'm saying? So it was always yeah. based off of this 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 sexual um, conversation and and and, and livelihood and, and stereotypes, which means that there was a desire at earlier ages 
to get out there and experience these relationships, you know, as irresponsible as we were. Now, you know, again, taking the fact that we are all roughly the same age, I go back to to perception. You know, there was a stigma that came with teenage pregnancies in our era, okay? okay. Now okay. you got 11 and 12-year-olds getting pregnant, where at that time, if you saw a young lady in high school that was pregnant, it was like, woo, woo, woo. That was a, that, so there was a stigma that came with that. So you're talking about a generational uh, uh, emphasis as well. Today, you know, a 40-year-old grandmother is, is pretty common, which is sad. Again, you, 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 you're looking at the socioeconomic aspect of it. Um, I know for, for myself, man, you know, like I say, if you wanted to, to really deal with the females, you went to the projects, okay? That's, that's where they were. And that's where we were. And, you know, no matter what, what, what time of the night, uh, typically it was loose responsibilities, hanging out all night. And, you know, there you engage in, in your little activities, again, not knowing the consequences and really not concerned about the consequences at that young age. Now, today, there is a lot more emphasis and a lot more resources out there. So that's why these numbers are staggering to me. Because of the mm-hmm. lack of responsibility, you know it. You know, okay. And I, I'm, I'm gonna say this without being as as graphic as as our livelihood brought up. You know, contraceptive was not available uh, as abundantly as it is now. People just didn't talk about right. it, you know. And if you did talk about it, half mm-hmm. time you lied. You know what I'm saying? So right. to hear those numbers today and to see yeah. how. You know, because there's medical resources and, and medical assistance that's out there, not as available to the African American community, because you still got to have some form of health care and some form of benefits, oftentimes to do right. so. So, mm-hmm. you know, to think that those numbers are at that level now, there really is yeah. not a there, there's no excuse for that, man. You know, back in that's our right. era, I mean, we we were irresponsible. And because there there was there was no talk or conversation, you know. I mean, you go in the store and and, and you know you you ask somebody, okay, can I get? And and we was we was raw with it. Can I get some rubbers? Okay, it wasn't even no 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 formal name. To yeah. It. So today, yeah. It, it, and it, you it had to get it from the drugstore too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. John, 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 I'm, yeah. exactly. John, John, I'm, John, I'm sorry. He's going to ask for purple lactates. <laughs> Did you really? Okay. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, so, right. but the thing is, is that. <laughs> okay. But but yeah. you know what though, like I say, it, it goes back to our generation, man. But there was a stigma yeah. with that. With so so you know, you talking about a teenage pregnancy, you 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 was worried about what the church members said, you was worried right. about financially. So it was a lot of stuff that took place then. But today, to hear these numbers is is staggering. And I'm gonna have to do some yeah. more research now. I'm 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 like Jay. I, I'll yeah. say you know what I I believe that young ladies have a right to choose. But now I'll right. say this, and and I'll, I'll let others comment. Let's not yeah. mistake. Let's not mistake this uh, this Republican agenda for the care of African American females, okay, in in the African American family. So their right. right to stop abortion ain't, doesn't have anything to do with these numbers here. So let's not right. pretend that they do. Not that you did, but I'm just saying for those who are out there saying, well, no. hey, the Republicans trying to help. No, they not. Okay, 
No, they're not. Yeah. What they're trying to do yeah, is just simply right. sustain their existence. So mm-hmm. that's first yeah, and exactly. foremost. Absolutely. Like I say, Jay, these numbers are staggering to me in an age where you've got more resources and accessibility and availability right. uh, to, to, to protect yourself. And, you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's alarming, man. It really is. It, they are. Let me, let me jump in, John, because <laughs> we're running out of time here. Let, let's, uh, let me get uh, – Jackie, go ahead and give me your comments on this here. We have about uh, three minutes left in this segment. Go ahead. Yeah, because I was going to say uh, now, never mind the uh, what can be like maybe the irresponsibility because it, it's it's some some that may have and I I don't even really just think this black white whatever. Now there's definitely those who you can chalk up to maybe you know maybe a, a, a irresponsibility on their part. You know, some yeah. who like they use an abor- abortion as birth control. When you got somebody who wants to have the baby, can't get pregnant to save her life. Now, never mind that. That's a different issue. But I'm telling you, not only uh, abortions, but you also have to think about hysterectomies as well. Now, this is, once again, where you got to bring up where the medical community has not been kind to us. They are quick in a minute with black women, more so with blacks, to suggest an abortion or to try to give a hysterectomy. Because definitely when you think of hysterectomies as well, that's one of the things that family Luke Hamer fought against. Because while she was having a surgery, they gave her a hysterectomy without her consent. They right, right. I, I can even talk about I can even talk about me. I was having an issue with fibroids in two thousand six. That's the first thing they're gonna suggest to me. I'm thirty seven, oh, wow. never had kids, and you're gonna suggest they just direct to me? Oh man. Wow. That's uh I, I wanna thank y'all for for granted for that, you know, we don't do our research and don't yeah. think, you know, they are quick. I mean, that's one of the See, part of it is that. Part of it yeah. is that. That's the first thing. I promise you, if I was white, that wouldn't be in the first suggestion. I promise you. I, I, I want to thank you. I want to thank both you and Mr. Elias for, for uh, bringing personal stories to the table. I know a lot of times we do tell personal stories because we, we feel that we know our audience, a lot of them our people who, who've been listening to us for a very long time. We're family. And so, you know, yeah, well, there are things that we won't share on the air, but there are some things that are personal that we do share on the air. And I want to thank you and Mr. Elias for that. Let me turn to the smartest man in the world. Mr. Jerome Spree is in the house. And I'm going to extend this segment another four minutes because I want to get his comments on this. Jerome, good morning and welcome into the show, sir. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Doing all right, Jerome. All right, Jerome, morning, four Jerome. minutes, man. They're all yours. Hey, good Your morning. comments. Just give me your thoughts on it, sir. On whose on whose comments? You've heard just you've heard the whole segment. Just I just want to get your overall. You're like going to give us a summary. I just want to hear your thoughts on this. I'm I'm not going to ask you any questions. I just want to give you these four minutes where well, they belong to you. Well, you know, I I first want to say that um, you 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 guys remind me why I'm never doing personal stories on this show. For one, and two yeah. is that <laughs> there's no there's no judgment. Everybody has different circumstances, and 
in which they live. And I'm sure the audience kind of appreciates the stories, but just from my perspective, when you talk about, like, numbers um, about how stuff is affecting black folks, um, you know, Johnny said this earlier, don't believe that none of this is for your advantage, even when they're throwing this out. Right. So when you start taking in consideration and uh, – not even socioeconomic. It's not whether they're rich or poor or whatever. People are oppressed. And mm-hmm. what white supremacy and colonizers do to you as a community and how you start to react and relate to the rest of the world with health care and the health care system and your access to even work and get a good job, and all of those factors are playing in here. So for me, mm-hmm. I can't sit here and say, oh, you know what, here's my opinion on this particular situation because – there are a lot of factors that right. are um, that contribute to the behavior of black folks, mm. right? There are a ton. So for me to neglect even one or two of them is right. to not even understand that it's a bigger picture issue, right? Mm. So if we okay. just focus on abortion, then we won't focus on education. Then we won't fo- like right. it's not like. I got an abortion because I wanted to get an education. No, people aren't getting an education, so they're getting pregnant, right? So we can start doing a circular thing about why something happens. And I'm not saying that the people getting the, uh, who, are, who are getting pregnant are not educated. That's not what we're right. saying or not what I'm saying. Black people right. are not uneducated. Black folks are smart, right? <laughs> and so for exactly. us, you know, to get some raw numbers and throw in and go, see, Here's why we you shouldn't want to have abortion or women's right to choose. It's stupid. It's a dumb argument, right? So when well, I don't care how many numbers that you throw out to tell somebody that this is the greatest this is the greatest nation on earth and we have freedoms and other countries you can't do this or that. You're taking away people's freedoms at the same time you're telling them that they have them. So huh? I'm not here to judge or critique. I just don't understand the. Um, you know, from, from that perspective, what this is supposed to prove one way or another. Because the abortion fight has nothing to do with black people. It probably has more to do with the declining number of white folks in this country. And the yep, reason yep, why yep, Republicans... Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, and the reason why Republicans are trying to suppress people's votes and telling everybody that they're other, and they're like, we don't want to give y'all no services... And we don't want, you know, the Haitians over here, like people who look like us. So abortion, it, it, to them, is extermination from the, from the um, I can't remember her name, but from those societies that want to get rid of black bodies on this planet. But at the same time, they need to stop having white folks have abortions. So that fight is not a, about us. They can care less. And we need to honestly mm. understand that. So when I see people say, hey, we're partnering with those guys because we need to start doing something, think about all the black people you walk by and ignore, all of the homeless people you walk by and ignore, all the people you have no tolerance for that are standing in line at the grocery store or mm. looking at somebody and saying, oh, their child don't have no sock on. Why did you have a baby? If you Think about all of those freaking attitudes that everybody has for black folks and then ask me that question again. We're always dealing with an effect and not the cause. So I don't deal with the cause. I mean, I don't deal with the effect. We have a lot of things going on in the community that are the, the result of something. 
Wow. Wow. Uh, man, I tell you what, what a bookend on a very uh, uh, difficult conversation for me. So uh, I want to thank you all for it. I, I really appreciate it. Really opened my eyes to different perspectives. And uh, once again, uh, Jackie, Mr. Elias, thank you for sharing your stories. The workers behind Frosted Flakes, Fruit Loops, and Raisin Brand are striking for a better deal for themselves and for their future co-workers. And Kellogg's cereal plants in Michigan, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, and Nebraska, 1,400 workers have been on strike since October 5th. Among their complaints, Kellogg's proposal of a two-tier system that would give fewer hires more wages and fewer retirement benefits than legacy workers. They say Kellogg can afford good wages and benefits for everyone given the profits it has raked in throughout the pandemic. Kellogg counters that its workers enjoy industry-leading pay and benefits and that the proposed contract maintains that. And John Deere, which already has a two-tier retirement system in place, union workers resoundly rejected a contract that would have further eroded retirement benefits for everyone or anyone hired after November 1st. More than 10,000 John Deere workers are on strike across the Midwest demanding a better deal for all workers. It's convener time. Four minutes less, something that you need to know right here on the serious side. I know, Mr. Elias, this is something that you definitely love. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. All over the U.S. want a better deal, and they are striking or threatening to strike to get it. From factory floors to hospitals, employees are making their voices and their demands heard. NPR's Andrea Shu has more. It's being called Striketober. In a video posted to Twitter, workers at a John Deere plant in Iowa convince a freight driver not to cross the picket line. More than 10,000 union workers who make John Deere's green and yellow farm equipment went on strike early this morning after rejecting a contract that included a 5 to 6% raise this year alone. They said that wasn't good enough. With employers desperate to fill jobs, workers are seizing the moment, making the most of their newfound leverage. Some are quitting jobs that don't pay enough, while others are fighting for better pay. In Michigan and several other states, 1,400 workers have been on strike against Kellogg. Their complaints laid out in this union video. They want to take our cost of living away. They want to take our vacations. They want to take our holiday pay away. The workers behind Frosted Flakes and Fruit Loops are also calling out Kellogg's proposal for a two-tier system, lowering wages and cutting benefits for future employees. That's why we are striking, because we want the better pay, pension for everybody. It's not for only one group. On the West Coast, healthcare workers at Kaiser Permanente are also mad about a proposed two-tier system, among other things. Their union has authorized the strike, though no date has yet been set. In all of these cases, workers say they continue to put in long, hard hours through the pandemic, while their companies rake in the profits. Especially after the last 18 months. Allah Abu Arab is an occupational therapist with Kaiser in Los Angeles. He's been working with COVID patients in the ICU, helping them regain the ability to do basic things like go to the bathroom. For him, the threatened strike at Kaiser is all about solidarity. A two-tier system would mean two classes of workers. He'd be working alongside someone else, making a lot less money. Somebody who's doing the exact same thing that I'm doing, who's got the same amount of training that I have, He's afraid lower wages will make it harder to hire and keep good workers, and patient care could suffer. He says workers at Kaiser are patients too. You know, my son was born at Kaiser Permanente. 
my wife is living there. So we're all in the same boat. There's no in between. For its part, Kaiser says healthcare is increasingly unaffordable and wages are a big part of the problem. The company says union members earn 26% above the average industry wage. A two-tier system would help keep costs down without cutting the wages of current employees. It's an argument the big three automakers made back in 2007 when a two-tier system was introduced in Detroit. But Christian Gichak, the Center for Automotive Research, says those were very different times. The survival of the industry was at stake. Workers were glad to have a job. That's no longer a problem. The two-tier system is now gone from the production floor. The car companies and the unions both said it hurt morale. Newer workers who earn less felt ripped off, not something workers today want to put up with. Liz Marlowe, an ER nurse at the Kaiser Hospital in Fontana, California, says what she wants right now is validation and support. It's very stressful for the nurses. The nurses are burning out. Chronic short staffing has been a huge factor. And it could become a bigger one if an acceptable deal is not reached. Andrea Shu, NPR News. The NAACP is committed to equality for all people, especially the equality of foundational black Americans. Every other child gets a chance at economic equality. Every other child gets a chance of living the best life they possibly can. Doesn't he deserve a chance to? Learn more at NAACP.org. Online radio at its best. School district superintendent in North Texas apologizing after one of the district's administrators told teachers during a training session last week to balance books taught about the Holocaust with others that have a, quote, opposing perspective. So 347-850-1272 is the number to call in. 347-850-1272 is the number to call in. I don't know if Jay is muted or not. I, I am, Mr. Elias. I am. Okay. I am. My bad. The no-hitter is gone. <laughs> I'm just talking. I'm like, what? Nobody's not saying anything. So let me go ahead. Let me read the intro in once again. It was my fault. All right, so some members of the North Texas community and Jewish groups are speaking out against a controversial new state law after a local school administrator told teachers that if they had books about the Holocaust in their classroom libraries, they should also include books that present an opposing view. I mean, what the hell is an opposing view to the Holocaust? But no hitter's gone already. It's my fault. So, uh, Vanessa, 
what I was saying uh, to myself, apparently, uh, you know, we're not getting new residents in the state of Texas based on some of the stuff that we're doing. I mean, good God, I mean, Jesus Christ. Here we go again with the state of Texas, you know, national headline news. Um, What the hell is it? Let me just ask you, what's an opposing view to the Holocaust? I mean, what what are we doing here? I, I, I just can't. You know, some of the stories that we talk about on this show, I, I'm flabbergasted by some of these things. And I'm thinking, is this a joke? Is this like a, a, a just a running nightmare? I mean, some of the things that we talk about are things when we first came on the air, uh, when this show first aired, I don't know, maybe nine years ago, whenever we first came on the air here, there, these stories weren't even – they would be unimaginable. At that time, we were talking about how white folks didn't like the fact that we had an African-American president, and now here we are talking about posing view to the Holocaust. What say you, Vanessa? <sighs> I know. Last Johnny D. I know. I think that this whole damn world is going wild myself. You know, what is an opposing view to that? to it. 
right? So if you talk about slavery, talk about the good parts of slavery, right? And it's like, well, yes, from your part, from your perspective as white folks oppressing other people, there are good parts of it for you. Even if you say to yourself, hey, people were singing and dancing, and it's like, yeah, but you don't know Wade in the Water was a song about how to escape, right? Right. Come on now. Come on now. You Wade in the Water. They were just dumb to actually believe that they were singing about being happy. So until you actually understand what the heck was going on, your perspective is there were people who were happy in slavery. Or, or there had to be, like, what would you think? Oh, there are Jewish people who were happy that was getting rounded up and killed because, um, because there was a belief system that there was a superiority thing going on with Hitler. And not knowing that Hitler and those geneticists and those scientists, even at that time, saw that white folks' numbers were going down, so they had to create an Aryan nation. There was something wow. behind that. It wasn't like they arbitrarily was like, oh, they're just stupid and whatever. So we just thought we were doing God one, a good one. That's not what happened. Those guys were planning for the future. They said, when you mix races, there will be no white people. And that was their whole goal of getting rid of, mm. getting rid of people. Right? So if you cannot tell the truth, then technically you're just muddying the waters. And that's all they're doing. They want you to muddy the waters just to keep um, their, you know, their superiority complex stuff on high, right? Even the poorest person who is white will feel like that, right? They may not have no money. They may live in a trailer park or not saying that all trailer park people are poor, but you know what I mean. You can be really poor and out, but it's still some pride in feeling like you're better than somebody else um, in those situations. Right, and so that's hard to unravel. This this nation is built on that, and that is that's what um, colonizers do. Right? Why would such a small country like Portugal go conquer other other nations and want to oppress people? Portugal and Spain, and oh yeah, we got to bring Christianity to them because they're they're savages. Oh, they weren't savages before you got there, right? So that we you are unraveling a pathology. And we don't like to even deal with that because everybody feels like when you say that, they feel less than or you saying you better than. Those are those are silly arguments so that you won't know what truth looks like. If you feel some emotional um, response to what I'm saying, that is your problem. That does not take away from what true, truth is. So we have to kind of deal with it from that. So when people say things like that, I, and I have a news story. I had one last last week where – Somebody, I think the person was brought up was 94 mm-hmm. years old in court yes. for for Holocaust stuff. There's another one this week. They got somebody else. These people aren't just retiring and old. They they're like, hey, you killed 2,000 people. This one guy killed 60. He said that he killed 64 people in one day. Mm. They're still murderers, so you can't be like, well, there was a good side to the Holocaust. For who? For the people who won or the people who lost? So balancing history is just a mechanism for put, like, when something's bad against the system, they actually, or I'm sorry, something that the, the oppressor does not like, then they'll have a really pointed view that we all can agree on. And then when something goes bad against them, they want to play this both sides thing. 
We do this in politics all the time. As evil as Trump has been in a lot of his policies, people are like, well, Joe Biden, his poll numbers are going down. He's acting the same as Trump. We're going to compare his numbers. That is not even the right comparison. But it's why everything is always so skewed, because we are looking at it through the lens of the people who still want to oppress your butt. So we have to think differently. We have to look at, take a look up these issues very differently than trying to go back on our recall of how we're programmed to look at the world, because we're not programmed to look in fairness. We're looked at to think of superiority and inferiority. Wow. Uh, What a statement. And uh, I tell you what, we're behind, so we're going to use this opportunity to catch up. So we'll hear from Johnny and uh, Jackie doing our next segment. It's the serious side. Wow, what a great topic. Great stuff, Jerome. I tell you what, I am just so excited about what's going on this morning. A beautiful thing that's happening in the neighborhood. 347-850-1272. We'll take a break. Mariana Music's Corner is coming up next. We'll be right back. You listen to the serious side. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network.
We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. All those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. Overnight, a defeat for the Biden administration. A federal appeals court temporarily reinstating enforcement of the nation's most restrictive abortion law, which recently took effect in the state of Texas. It bans abortions after a fetal heartbeat has been detected, usually around six weeks, before many women even know they're pregnant. And it has no exceptions for rape or incest. Abortion rights supporters are outraged, calling for the Supreme Court to step in. Opponents are celebrating. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton tweeting, I will fight federal overreach at every turn. The Justice Department now has until Tuesday to respond as the case winds its way through the court. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272 is our call on numbers. Ten minutes after the hour, you're listening to the Serious Hour of the J.R.O. Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. And, of course, uh, the no-hitter is definitely gone because we are not talking about that during this segment. But here's what we are talking about. North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson has dedicated much of his time in office to fighting critical race theory and has come under fire from local and national media for his work. Despite this, Robinson said he plans to continue fighting against the indoctrination of students in his state. Uh, Robinson said his first up-close and personal encounter with critical race theory being taught at the school came when his daughter was in high school. When my children were in high school, my daughter experienced a lot of this, said Robinson, a Republican. I had many dealings with teachers at the high school she went to and literally had to put my foot down and let them know that we weren't going to stand for my daughter being discriminated against because of her political and religious beliefs. This is a black man that's talking, folks. Uh, let's uh, start the conversation off with you, John, because you definitely brought the story to my attention, and I was like, really? We have these Clarence Thomas, Uncle Tom dudes that's out there <laughs> that wants to continue to deny the fact that they're black. For this guy to make these comments, and, and I'm sorry I had the wrong clip because I wanted us to hear directly from him, and maybe if I can get in here before we get out of this segment, I'll play it. But it's it's amazing when you hear these people, man. It's really and truly amazing, and you wonder what planet do these black folks come from? My goodness, give me your thoughts on this, man. You know, Jay, I, I will tell you, uh, I. Let's let's acknowledge let's acknowledge the accomplishments first and foremost before I go into my my, my critique man of of the foolishness. Um, one, he is the highest ranking um, state official in the history of this state. Okay, uh, he is made uh, to the mean, rank of black lieutenant guy? governor. You mean black uh, dude? Yeah, yeah, black. black okay. Yeah, black. African American. Black, yeah. Um, okay. Black, black, black man, black man, yeah. uh, African American, in the history of this state to make it to lieutenant okay. governor, and he did it uh, as a Republican candidate. Now, he comes from humble beginnings, and certainly respect that. Um, had nine siblings. Uh, he was the tenth. Uh, well, 
he had 10, his mother father had 10, 10 kids, okay? So you're talking about a person who had real humble beginnings, um, went to one of our HBCUs, small business owner, and he jumps on the political scene. And he jumps on the political scene, and the first thing he starts talking about is the Second Amendment. Now, this is where the disparities um, in regards to not necessarily hating being black, but using your black for your advantage. Uh, you know, probably a year or so ago, we had some segments, and the thing that I talked about was, you know, there are individuals who want to be the only one or part of a few so that they can barricades and then use that to propel themselves as if they're special. This guy's a very controversial uh, uh, public official. Uh, he talks about the, the LBGTQ community far worse than Dave Chappelle, okay, who does it from a comedic standpoint. This guy is actually capable of making legislation, and the state and is, is really coming after him. Um, it's interesting. Like I say, gun control, he doesn't believe in the critical race theory formula, although he can't tell you what it actually is. Uh, he also uh, is anti-George Floyd amendment. Now, of course, he, he, he says, okay, that, hey, those, they should be held accountable, but, but it's always the but. And then he blames the Black Lives um, Matters movement for being not necessarily protesters, but being insurrectionists and rioters and, and all of all of the things that you would typically hear from that Fox-based group. And they actually love him, although they don't respect him enough to call him lieutenant governor. They call him Mark. But uh, that's nevertheless. But this guy is, is, is uh, like I say, he, he's an anomaly because – he is the first to hold that office. Now, of course, he ran against a African-American female that the Democratic Party abandoned and didn't support. So all he had to do was get out there and be big and be loud, and he is both that. Uh, he, he has raised his platform off being contra controversial, and he has done that. Uh, like I say, he is going to be a polarizing figure how long his political career lasts. Uh, probably not long. I, I think what you'll find is that um, he will probably take suit of, of some of the, the, the previous um, Republican officials who've gotten out there and tried to, to maintain that, that, that level of, of uh, commitment that most of the Republican Party members reflect, yet he will soon understand that, that you are black, okay? And uh, like I say, just just um, yeah, just interesting. Like I say, he just sprung on the scene a couple of years ago, and and he's probably here to stay for a, for for a period of time, or at least for a short period of time, one way or the other. But a very controversial figure. I respect the fact of his humble beginnings, his attendance in HBCUs. But it's like anything that is, um, and and he goes to African American churches and. You know, almost in, in, in a sermon-like format, will sit back and bash LBGQs, and you know, not all African American church, but there's there's a few that in particular that has embraced him and embraced his his theology. But that goes to show um, that that 19% was real 
you know, during the 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 uh, the twenty twenty elections, that that nineteen percent was real for Trump, and uh, he's one of them. Yeah, he he uh, yeah, this guy is a joke, and. When you, I mean, listen, I, I appreciate you highlighting these things, and I think that's what makes it more disturbing for me, Jackie, is the fact that here is a guy that came from humble beginnings. Here is a guy that had to fight twice as hard as his white counterparts, and for him, who apparently seems to be very educated, don't understand the plight of the black man, for him to sit here and say that, you know, critical race theory, that's, you know, and he used the word indoctrinate, I mean, listen to, I mean, it's almost he's like, oh my God, they're 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 mind blowing, they're 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 uh, brainwashing my daughter into this. Fool, you are an idiot. So listen, I appreciate everything you said about him, John. But at the end of the day, he's just a dummy, Clarence Uncle Tom dude. You can't. There's everything he's done and accomplished in life, in my opinion is washed away when you make stupid comments like that. Plus the, the comments he did make about, you know, uh, you know, uh, gays and lesbians and all that stuff, you know, come on, like you said, it'll make, uh, it'll make uh, uh, Dave Chappelle blush. I mean, so for him to – look, I get it, but Jackie, at the end of the day, he's still the enemy of my people as far as I'm concerned. Give me your thoughts on this. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, all I can say is I don't, I don't ha- have no words. It's just when you, it's like you said. I, I'm in agreement with you. It's like you, you just ignore that we had applied it at all. So I, I'm with you. I don't get it. It's 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 really hard to it's really hard to put into words, Vanessa, because when you think about people like this, and I always say, you know, Clarence Thomas, as far as I'm concerned, is the chigaboo of chigaboos. He is the guy that she they should put him on the cover of Uncle Ben's Right. It should be Clarence Thomas with his robe on because he is a chigaboo. He is one of those Negroes who he forget, you know, through his eyes he don't see that he's black. You know, I mean, to sit here and listen, you have as a, as a justice, chief, as a justice on the Supreme Court, I know you have to do things the right way. But for you to come down on the side of some of this stuff, I mean, it's crazy. I'm, I'm watching something on TV now that has people standing behind Trump saying black Republicans for Trump. You're not a black Republican. I mean, we think about the Fresh Prince and, you know, Philip Banks, and we know it's an imaginary family, but they were Republicans. But my goodness, this is at a whole different level when you have people like this talking about not teaching people about what our people went through. The fact that all of a sudden we don't want, you know, we talked about this on the show before, how, oh, we don't want white kids to know how bad we treated our black brothers and sisters. So, you know, or the comic book that came out with, you know, you know, slaves are our friends too, and they have black. You know, they have these these very you know cheery looking characters, black the the black slave and the white master. They're smiling and you know they're walking the plantation together as if it's some Disney episode. It's ridiculous. Give me your thoughts. Jim, yeah, listen to y'all. <laughs> some stuff like what you Johnny Dino was talking about. I'm not familiar with it, so therefore I won't make a comment on it. But. You know, Clarence Thomas, it's so unfortunate. It's just so unfortunate that uh, he will have that position for life. Um, 
it is it is very important that we know who is going to be put on these Supreme Court seats and stuff. And when these young people are sitting here blowing it off, you got Clarence Thomas, the white version, coming on because Donald Trump didn't gave him those spots. I, I just think that they need to pay more attention. Not necessarily me, but they need to pay more attention because this is who's going to be making decisions for their life. Um, as far as the conversation that she was talking about, I'm not familiar with it. I can't comment on it. I can only comment on um, Clarence Thomas and his ignorance. I can't stand him. But anyway, well, that's okay. I mean, that, that's good enough. Mr. Elias, let me give you uh, some, some, some time here on this one, man. Uh, you know, and it doesn't have to, you know, that's, here's the thing about this particular topic. You don't have to know exactly about what, about this guy, but there are too many examples of other African-Americans who are just like people like this dude, you know? Yeah. So, so you don't need to know the specifics. You just know, here we are again with a, a African-American, you know, saying things, not being on the side, in my opinion, of our people. Not he should be out there promoting this instead of uh, being a deterrent or being a, 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 a detractor from this. What say you? Well, you know, what's the, what's the statement that all 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 skin folks ain't kin folks? So look, man, <laughs> Clarence Thomas proved who he was a long time ago. This this is the same cat that 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 uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it where you know it helped him. Get get to where he was, and then he rejected it. Said, "Well, I didn't get that. I didn't use that, but yes, you did use it to get there." And, and, and look, man, the bottom line is this, man. This guy is is is, is he's he's stepping fetches for the white folks. He's doing what he has to do to, to, to appease the white people, man. That's what they do. I, I, you know, I, I, I know people like this. I, yeah. I, I, trust me, I know people like this. I know I went to high school with a guy. Who, hey man, if it came down to us fighting against white folks, he would go with the white folks. So you know, hey man, oh, I, wow. I understand it. You know, yeah, oh god, yeah. I, I, I you know, I, and I see this guy to this day, and he, <laughs> he lives, he lives in the trailer park with the poor white, with, with the poor white folks to this day, man, because that's who he is. Oh, boy. You know, come wow. on, man. You know, people don't, you know, necessarily want to be who they are, man. You, you can't stop that. But hey, look. The bottom line is this, man. This guy is, is doing what he can to get all he can out the system, you know. And he went to HBCU, <laughs> uh, you know, for what? You should have went somewhere else, man, because you're not upholding any of the values that they taught you. And for you not to sit there and tell me that you don't want, you don't want to teach people about slavery because it makes, poor, uh, it makes uh, white kids feel bad about themselves, and your 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 ancestors should have thought about what they did to my ancestors before you even start this crap. This is dumb to me. This is real dumb. It's dumb. It's ridiculous. And I know I'm not doing this man any justice, but I only have two minutes left, Jerome. They belong to you if you want them about this particular uh, topic and this dude. I mean, but even if you don't know the story behind this guy, just there are people out there that looks like him, and we talk about it every day on this show. So yeah. yeah. Well, you know. I- I don't know what to say about them because, you know, there are people, again, all through history who will side with their oppressor. And so Mm. there are some folks who think that it is better to align yourself with the people who are oppressing you. And, and, Mm. And they wholeheartedly believe that. I feel bad for them, but deprogramming them is a whole other thing. Like the thing that's disappointing for me today is that, you know, yesterday was the anniversary of the Million Man March. Long live the spirit of yep. Million Man March. 
for those of us Absolutely. who went, like it's it's really disheartening. We didn't even go a generation past that thing. We were nearly close to one, and everybody act like it didn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to put in the psyche of black folks um, any kind of cohesiveness to be free. That's how strong that pull is. So, you know, I feel bad for them more than anything else, um, but at the same time, there is no reason why we should be neutral towards them and be like, well, some people have their own uh, opinion and that's political. They're watering you down to be oppressed and locked into a, a, a doggone system. You know, he doesn't want to be free, so be it. There are a lot of Republicans that find it more beneficial to be on, um, as a black person, to be on the Republican side because there's few black people over there, so they get to be treated really well over there, opposed to being where everybody else is. you got to fight your way up. Numerically, it's better for you. So... You know, if somebody's going to win, then we need to have representation on all sides is normally what they sell, right? So right. for black folks to be on the Republican side, I don't, I, you know, I just kind of look at them and kind of feel like, yeah, you're playing a, a very, like, calculating game of at least there's mm. some representation. But like Clarence Thomas, you know, that saying all your skin folk ain't your kin folk, like they ain't all your people. So... They're they're making political alignments and personal decisions um, that doesn't help their families or help their community at all. They just find that it's cooler to be over there. So <laughs> I don't I don't really have an opinion on there. him per se, but I I know you can't trust <laughs> people like that. There you go. Matter of fact, that's the best advice that you gave us. You can't trust people like this dude because people like him. Uh, it's just you know. He is one of those guys, Clarence Thomas, I always bring him up because to me he's the epitome of what uh, Uncle Tom is, Dirty Rat. All right, coming up next, another edition of Mariana Music's Corner plus football picks. Somebody, two people did very good. One person was mediocre, and then there was one person who stunk the place up. You'll find out who did it all next right here on the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, 347 We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. Which of the angles on the board are the one from the quiz on Friday? Jaden? Research shows more and more 12 to 15-year-olds have arteries similar to that of a 45-year-old. But it doesn't have to be that way. Don't let your children grow up too fast. Encourage them to act their age through regular exercise and healthy eating.
Radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Welcome in, 347-850-1272 is the call-in number. It's the serious side of the J-Rod Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Of course, you know what time it is. It is time to say hello to our panel. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa Maybell. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Today is a beautiful day. It's my church anniversary, and I'm going to go and, and celebrate with these Christians and praise the Lord. Y'all have an awesome week. <laughs> you go and do your thing, Vanessa. God bless you. <laughs> Jack is in the house. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everyone doing? Everyone is doing outstanding, Jackie. The man with the golden pipes from the Carolinas, the one and only... Mr. Johnny D in the place to be. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, doing wonderful. The man who I call the smartest brother on this planet we call Earth, the one and only uh, Mr. Jerome Spree. What's up, Jerome? Hey, not much. Just chilling. And the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the F. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning to you, sir, and good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, uh, Vanessa. Good morning, Rich Sister. Good morning, Momo B. And good morning, Mariana Music. And Mariana Music, that very first song was I Can't Give It Up, and it's by Stacey Oracle. And the last one was Kanye Doss. And the name of that one was Never Be The Same. Hey, Ms. Elias, can we say hello to the people in the chat room, if you don't mind, sir? Believe it or not, the only one we got in the chat room this morning is our very own Covina, man. Covina! 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 What's happening, brother? I hope to meet him one day, man. He's a cool cat. Appreciate you being in the house. Pastor's in the yeah, house. What's going on, Pastor? How you doing? Tracy's in the house. Troy, Theodore, Deanna. Look at all these teas in the place to be. Teddy. Oh, my God. Sierra, is that how you say your name? Hello, Sierra, how are you? And so many more people, thank you, thank you for listening. I can't go through the whole list. But uh, tell you what, I said this before the break, and uh, you know what, without any further ado, let's just get into it, right? Because you know what time it is. It is time for our football picks. Now let me tell you something. Somebody had a good week, two people did, and Two people did not. And so, let me break it down. Johnny D, Jerome, you two guys won the week. You went 4-2. I was kind of middle of the road, 3-3, three and three, and Mr. LESPU, 2-4, and four, which brings our total of the year. I'm 500, 10-10. Mr. LES is 10-10. Johnny D is 10-10. And, and the man who's leading the pack at 11-9 is the one and only Mr. Jerome Spring. And since he is the leader at the clubhouse, he gets this week's first pick. And the first game we're going to talk about this morning, Jerome, is Green Bay in Chicago. They're playing in Chicago. Who you got? You know, last time I picked Chicago, they won. But yes. I'm going to pick Green Bay. <laughs> oh, my God, boy. I see that guy. No loyalty amongst them thieves. What about you, Mr. Elias? Mr. Elias. I'm going to take Green Bay. I'm taking Green Bay. Green Bay. Okay, Mr. Elias is going with Green Bay. Johnny, what about you? Hey, let me say this right here. Now, the first week, 
I clearly thought that Jerome was going to be a bottom feeder because he said that he was going to pick people based off of the team colors, okay? Let he me said tell he was going to pick the team based off the best looking uniform. Y'all remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do, that. I do. Yeah, now, now, now see, now see, Jerome, Jerome is a student of the game now, so I, 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 I got to tell you, now, he, <laughs> Jerome, I'm telling you, man, you, you, you have, you have underscored your, your, your ability to pick these things. So now I'm gonna have to get more strategic. So I'm, 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 I'm gonna go along with you on some and challenge you on others, so I can win at the end. But I'm gonna take Green Bay. <laughs> All right, well, I'm the I'm going with Chicago on this one. All right, next one, Kansas City, Washington should be an easy pick. Who you going with, Mister Elias? I know. I'm just going to go right past you. What about you, yeah. John? Yeah, I'm gonna take Kansas City rebounding this week. Uh huh. You said that mm-hmm. last week. What about you, Jerome? Hey, you know no, what? I, I picked Chiefs last week. Okay. Right. No, That's fine. What about you, Jerome? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't ever go with Washington. So, do what you do. Washington. All right. Well, I'm. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to make it a clean sweep. I'm going with Kansas City as well. All right, Minnesota, Carolina. Who you with, Mister Elias? Uh, I'm, come back to me on that one. I'm trying to look. I, I play a pool every week, Jay. So I'm trying to see who okay, I pick I'll, in that one. All right, I'll come back. All right, John. What about you? There, I'm Carolina. Minnesota. Oh, boy, I'm taking Minnesota. No loyalty to his, no loyalty to his home state. What about you, Jerome? Yeah, yeah, I, I have to pick Minnesota. Well, I can't pick Minnesota because that freaking COVID denier is their quarterback. Carolina. So I'm going with the other team. I'm going with, I'm going with yeah, Carolina. I went with, with, with Carolina as well, Jay. I went with Carolina as well in that one. All right, good stuff. All right, next game: uh, L.A. Los Angeles Rams against the Baltimore Ravens. Who you got, uh, John? Rams. That's not I'm right. I'm hoping the Rams to take this one. I, I, that's not right, man. That's mm-hmm. not right. So no. who, who's playing? Okay. I'm the sorry, it's the Chargers. I'm sorry, it's the Chargers. 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 Chargers. Okay. What about you, John? I mean, what about you, uh, Jerome? Um, I'll go with the Ravens. They've been playing good. I'll go with them. Oh, wow. This is a tough game to pick. What about you, Mr. Elias? I'm going with B-more. B-more, most definitely. you going with who? Baltimore, B-more. Baltimore, B-more. Okay, all right. B-more, you got it. All right. I'm, wow, this is a tough game. Uh, ooh, I'm going with the Chargers on this. Ouch. Ooh, that's, this is tough. All right, last game, Seattle, Pittsburgh. We're going to skip the usual stuff. What about you, uh, Jerome? Who you going with? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. All right, what about you, uh, Mr. Elias? Since Russell Wilson is out, I'm going with Pittsburgh. Oh, that's right, he is out. I'm glad you said that. I forgot. I'm going to have to go with the clowns, too. I can't stand it. Oh, man, I can't stand these clowns, but I'm going to have to go. Yeah, you shouldn't have, because I forgot all about that. So, there you go. So, our picks are in. May the best man yeah, win Jay, the week. Jay, Jerome Jay, is Jay. what? What, John? Jay, what? Let, let me say this right here now. So, all right. Now it looks like me and Jerome went 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 straight ticket. Okay. Uh, no, no. He, he, yeah. Jerome, you went Chicago over Green Bay or Green Bay over Chicago? I went Green Bay. Yeah. Okay. So I think. Okay. So look, this is what I want to do. 
Let me take the Panthers oh. over the Vikings because I need I, I I need to get a game on him. So I think we went straight ticket on everything else. So so give me the Panthers we got, over the Vikings. We got five bets over here going on. Like wait a minute. Yeah. Well, you know the you know the guy from Vegas told us we suck. So uh, whoever that guy was a few weeks ago. So whatever, dude. They're in. They're locked in. John, we're good. Going once, going twice. We'll be right back after this with more on the serious side. Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, coworkers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress. And so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. Together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, to connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction. Think I really want to lose money? You think I really want to give up on my dream to go after a championship? I get to do whatever I want with this. This is one body that I get here, one God body that I get here. And you're telling me what to do with my body. This has everything to do with what's going on in our world. And I'm being grouped in to something that's bigger than, than just a game of basketball. You know, what would you do? You know, if, if you felt uncomfortable going into the season, when you were promised that you would have exemptions or that you didn't have to be forced to get the vaccine. Welcome back in 42 minutes out. Kyrie Irving is a great basketball player, but he won't be in the, the, the Brooklyn, excuse me, Brooklyn Nets lineup this season. The reason isn't because of some nagging injury or a family emergency. Irving has steadfastly refused to comply with New York City's mandate requiring anyone entering an indoor venue, including basketball arenas, to receive at least one COVID-19 shot. Rather than have him be a halftime player who misses the 43 regular season games that the Nets will play in the city this season, the team has decided to exclude him from practices and games altogether. This will cost Irving more than $16 million for the missed games in New York. The Nets will have to pay him for the other 40 away games since it was their decision to keep him off the court. Uh, so why is Kyrie Irving doing this? Let's uh, start the conversation right there. And let me uh, let me start with you on this one, John. Um, you know, we've been talking about the importance of the COVID-19 vaccination. Uh We've also had conversations about those celebrities who, in my opinion, are role models. People look up to them. And when you have Kyrie Irving saying, look, I'm not going to do this, and I don't care what you say, uh, I don't know, man. What do you think about the young brother's uh, opinion on this? And I guess people have the right to do whatever, but, I mean, this is this is in the public. And not only... Uh, he is a flat earth conspiracy. He thinks that the earth is flat, which is ridiculous. But 
he's hurting the Nets' chance to win an NBA championship because people have them as like one of the top two teams in the league this season. So, what's in your regards to this topic? You know, this may be the briefest commentary that that I make. Uh, one, I think he's he's basing a lot of his his lifestyle off the the principles and the ideology of the 5% nation of gods and earth for one. And then secondly, you know, here's a guy who, you know, what, a year ago said that he was more Native American than he was African American and yeah. that the money doesn't matter. So I'm, I'm, I'm done with speaking about him. Uh, like I say, if there's rules in the workplace, there's rules in the workplace. And you either conform or you do as he do. Don't don't participate. And either way, you know, it's it's a non-matter to me. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because here's the here's the big thing, uh, Jerome, when it comes to uh, COVID-19 and people talk about their rights. And once again, we've had this conversation how Republicans want to tell women what to do with their bodies, but they don't want the government to tell them what to do when it comes to uh, the COVID vaccine. This is, you know, listen, you have a choice. You don't have to take it. But the employer has a choice saying, okay, if you don't want to take the vaccine, you can't come on my work premises because my responsibility is not only to you but to all of our employees, and we cannot have people running around here unvaccinated. Matter of fact, it is, once again, a federal law, right? And now we're in a situation where we're going to abide by the law. And if you don't want to abide by the law, hey, we're not telling you to take the shot. We're just saying that you can't work here if you don't have the shot. And keep in mind, Fox News, once again, all their commentators and all those people that's on their show talking and bitching about taking the COVID-19 shot, their law, I mean, their workplace rules are more stricter than what Biden proposed for companies with over 100 employees. So give me your take on this, man. Well, you know, I, again, freedom of choice, right? So you're choosing not to work. That's all I can say about that. When you say that you don't want to take that vaccine, knowing that we're in a pandemic, that's very different than saying that you don't want to take, um, you know, HPV vaccine or the vaccine for shingles that they keep advertising on TV. Like, you don't have to take that stuff. But when it is killing people, like not you, any law that um, affects other people, like, um, you know, laws that says that you can't cause harm to other people, is, is righteous, right? It's what you should do in a democracy. When there's laws that have to do with personal responsibility, those are bad laws. For example, I still believe that seatbelt laws are bad because seatbelt laws say that you won't kill yourself in a car accident. That is your choice. If you choose to do something stupid, it's your life we're talking about. But if you're speeding and run a red light and kill somebody else, then technically we should have laws against you speeding and running red lights, right? So in this case, the pandemic does not, you know, some people's body may take it different than other people. So you might not die, but you can actually kill someone else. So whenever you choose not to do something, we cannot feel sorry for you to say, oh, well, you can't work or come in here. Right, like that's your choice. You are making a choice. So I don't, you know, I don't disagree with Kyrie from that standpoint. I'm just saying that don't think that we're ever going to get to a point that 
they're going to just say, okay, pandemic's over, because it's just going to keep mutating. So you're just prolonging the inevitable of taking the vaccine. Because not only will it save your life, it may save your kids and your wife and your family's lives. That's just kind of, you know, that's just that's a perspective that I have from the the um, continuation of this conversation. Kyrie Irving, that I didn't know what he said about being more Native American than black, but Kyrie, if you're going to study stuff, study this. Black people are Native and Indigenous people to North America. Work that out. You can still be black. Man, there you go. Tell them, shame the devil. I mean, these 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 kids, these kids, man, it's amazing. I tell the truth and shame the devil. Stelly asked, man, you get the last word on it, man. What say you? Well, you know something, man. It, it it is his choice, but it's also the team's choice not to let your ass play. So the bottom line, if you if you don't want to get the vaccine, you don't have to get it. But also know that we all got we all got rules in our workplace. We all do. So. You know, I, I can't go on my job drunk. He can't go on the court and play drunk, can he? Well, he could, but then they would they suspend him. So the bottom line is, um, look, man, we all got we all got workplace rules. Like John said, we all got we all got to follow our workplace rules. And if you don't want to follow them, leave, go somewhere else, and you know, do what you do, man. But and, and you know, for you to sit there and act like you know that that workplace rules don't change. Because they told you something that's supposed to remain the same, my brother. The, the whole thing in life, life changes. So if you can't get used to a change in, in, in your workplace, I'm sorry. You you just got to do what you got to deal with, my brother. At that point in time. I'm you know just real quick on this one. I, I'm I'm just flabbergasted at uh, at this whole thing. I, I can't believe that uh, that we're still having this conversation about. COVID-19, when you look at the number of people who have died, when you look at the science, for people to continue to put this nonsense out in space, it's, uh, I don't know, it's sometimes, you just don't have words for it sometimes, to be honest with you. Because anytime, you just don't you know, understand Ted Cruz, what you're thinking about. Anytime Ted Cruz praises you and the Republican Party praises you and Josh, all these other people praise you, you you, you got to really look at some of what's going on. These people are just, the wrong they, side. they got the vaccine. Yep. Yeah, they, yep. they got vaccinated. Hell, they, they praise you, but they didn't get vaccinated. Yep. And, and that's the hypocrisy of it all, Mr. Elias. I'm glad that you brought that up. It's the hypocrisy of it all, how they continue to say things for political uh, advantages versus thinking about what's in the best interest for the constituents. But Ted Cruz proved how he felt about, his people, about us. That clown went to Cancun while people were here freezing and left this damn dog in the house to freeze too. I mean, these people are ridiculous. They don't make any. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, we are living in a world that is just. It's just you could, if you'd have told me this 20 years ago, I'd have laughed at you. There's no way some of the things that we talk about on this show are things that you know 20 years ago, or even 10 years ago, or even six years ago, we would be having these conversations how people are fighting to get vaccinated, how people do not want to save their own lives. And then they, then you, they, listen, we talked about the kid that, that, that uh, you know, was on camera saying, hey, you know what, I believe that nonsense, but look, look at me now. And three days later, he checked out. They're not even listening to these people. So, you know, who knows? They deserve what they get. And, wow. To me, okay, let me, let me, let me back that up a little bit. I don't wish death on anybody, but 
you know, if you're stupid enough, and I shouldn't even say stupid because African Americans, you know, Jerome, we say this all the time. In a way, you know, we do have the right to be a little skeptical because of what has happened. But, folks, listen, like Jerome told you a few weeks back or even a couple of months ago, if you think that they're really intentionally killing us, then take your boat over to the white side of town and get it. You make sure you're okay. We'll be right back after this. Don't listen. Don't go anywhere. We listen to the serious side. Online radio at its best. Okay. Well, the no hitter is really in effect because uh, that is the ending music. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess Pastor Steve, I'm so sorry because this is. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna give you a little bit of inside information. This is why you don't produce no show at 3 o'clock in the morning, because you are delirious at 3 o'clock in the morning. So, that being said, let me read your comments, because you are, I'm not going to skip your segment, and you are the man. So, Pastor, this is what the pastor said. He said, peace and blessings, family. He said, Jay, kudos to you and the family on the first segment. It was a great and necessary discussion. Because of my religious beliefs, I'm not a supporter of abortion, but I do support a woman's right to choose. It sounds like I'm standing, he said, it sounds like I'm straddling the fence. But if you really think about it, it makes all the sense in the world. God bless. I got what you're saying, Pastor. You know. So anyway, I'll say this. Uh, everyone else, sorry, I can't read your comments because it's time for us to say goodbye. And on that note, uh, John, final thoughts. All right. Uh, once again, enjoy. Uh, be blessed. Take care. And if God will, my purpose, I will see you next week. All right, my man. Uh, Jerome, man, final thoughts. Hey, my final thought is everybody have a good week and don't take too much of life serious. Just be easy on yourself. We are still in a pandemic, so depressing and foolish behavior is pretty um, pretty common. We're going to talk about um, um, doing these type of uh, events when we have pandemics. So everybody be easy and relax for a week, and we'll give you something to be rattled about next week. <laughs> that's the last thing. <laughs> okay. All right, off. man. This man who gets the first and last word, uh the has final thought. Look, folks, like I said last week, call Joe Manchin and Christmas Cinema. Call them and, and, and bug the hell out of them like I do. I call them daily. Even though Christmas Cinema, they're on break, I call that office and I let them know exactly how I feel. If you don't do that, you don't have a voice. So call them and let them know how you feel. Wow, good stuff. All right, listen, I'm going to say my final thoughts are going to be simple. Uh, Folks, you know, use common sense. Really, use common sense. I mean, some of the things that we talk about on this show, they're mind-blowing to me because I can't understand how rational human beings who are supposedly educated come to some of the conclusions that they come to. I'm just, just baffled by this. And so all I'm going to ask is do your research. Stop listening to Donald Trump and the Republican Party. If you are a true Republican, listen to the distinguished Republicans who are now saying vote for Democrats in the midterms because the cancer in their party, the only way to get rid of the cancer in their party is to vote Democrat straight ticket during the midterms. These are prominent Republicans who are saying these things. These are people that I watched on MSNBC for years and said, man, these guys are racist, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm saying, my God, they're saying, oh, no. We're just conservatives, and we have a different point of view. But at the end of the day, we're Americans. 
vote straight Democratic. So if you want to listen to someone, listen to the leaders in your party. Don't listen to a guy who continuously steals from the government, a guy who didn't have a clue as to what we were going on, what we were dealing with, the COVID-19 uh, virus. The Obama administration left a playbook for them, and they shut the department down and ignored everything that the Obama administration put into place to handle a pandemic. You going to listen to that guy? Get a life. And last but certainly not least, my beautiful youngest daughter went to a to our first homecoming dance last night. And when I tell you Damn. that I was just floored by her beauty and I've never seen my baby dressed up like that. And um I was her rock to my soul. Rock to my soul because now my daughter, my baby girl who used to hang out with me when I used to do all my DIY projects. My little girl that's always running around with T-shirts and jeans and running around with bitch match socks because that's just the thing nowadays, look like a beautiful young woman. And it just, the realization hit me that, Mr. Elias, you and I, we getting old as hell. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> that's, you know what I said last night to you. When we talked, you know what I said. <laughs> I can't repeat it on the air, but my God, man. Oh, my God. Mm. It was a uh, <laughs> beautiful girl. I love you to death, sweetie. And, uh, you know, congrats, you Jay. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, baby. And uh, I hope you had fun, but not too much damn fun. And on that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowell show. Folks, I gave up about I gave up about four home runs today. I will do better next week on the mound, I promise you. So for Jackie, for Vanessa, for John and for Jerome and Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Rowell saying have a wonderful work week to remember if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. Coming up next, on a need to know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome Spree. Be blessed, folks. And mask up. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 The First Lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to to the flag of the United States of America. All right, the man who will definitely throw a no-hitter today doing his show, the one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit, with the only need to know basis. Jerome, man, what are you talking about this morning, my brother? Well, you know, before I start, I'm going to have to insist that you brothers turn in your players' cards. I heard that last segment with your daughter. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I am not going to insist on your players' cards. I just thought I'd show that out there. Y'all feel like y'all getting old don't get old, man. Come on, now. <laughs> hey, give y'all well, here's card. my card. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'm calling the music. Like, we're going to have. I'm my card here. We're going to have a bunch of old players <laughs> on the line. That's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say a bunch of old players. <laughs> I'm the intervention of old players. I'm calling it. <laughs> y'all know the number. <laughs> Because there's a player's hotline. So we're going we to get on that. we got to put y'all back in the game. All right. So, uh, that. Uh, 
I just, I, again, I want to start off by saying every October 16th is a national holiday for me, right? For those kids who are too young to understand what the impact of the Million Man's March was or is, I want to tell you this. There was nearly 2 million people in Washington, D.C., black men primarily, right? Now, there are cases that there were some women there, you know, and, and all of that good stuff. And Washington um, News, their local news, told us when I got back to my friend's house that there was 1.2 million tickets sold at the three stops of the um, transit in D.C. Now, this is about 6 or 7 o'clock, so that's the number that early. They knew how many tickets they sold and how many round-trip tickets they sold. And there was an estimated um, 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 10,000 buses that traveled to D.C. And the Howard students marched over. And all of these people came in for a wonderful, wonderful day and event, the Day of Atonement. And we seem to be letting history pass us by, which is sad to me. Because out of all the stuff that's going on in the world and all of the things that we are fighting as a community, right, and all the things that we're fighting in politics and all the things we're fighting to keep our community on track, when we get together in such a big number to change our our destiny, to change our perception, to change our lives, we don't even remember it. It is part of our responsibility. I understand mainstream media's issue. I understand with with um, with oppression and and you know systemic white supremacy. I understand all of that stuff. But we also have a responsibility to make sure that we know our own history because we cannot wait for some other community to give us our history so that we can take pride in it. So even with the Kyrene Irving story, that's why I said that because. You know, again, a friend of a friend of mine, uh, um, uh, a chief of one of the Native American, um, you know, nations in this area, who's their faith keeper. He's nine. He's I think he's ninety one now. He's their historian. I, I, I had a conversation with him, and I told him years ago, it disturbs me that black people think that our history begins with slavery because that's what white people tell us. We're here because of slavery. And that man told me, we've been here 3,000 years, and black people were here when we got here. That's no, that's no big secret. If you're waiting for white folks mm. to tell you that, then that's problematic. And if you think because I'm black that I can tell you that and that doesn't matter, you ask that man who knows history of his own people. When they got here, black same, people were here. Same so, way tell us about the pyramids in Egypt. <laughs> right. <laughs> that we didn't Knowing that there was no white same folks at that time. Yeah. Yep. Right. Knowing that, about that. Yeah. Knowing that the, the Egyptians that are there now are not the Egyptians were there when that pyramid was built. They're the Nubians and those people who had moved back into Sudan and back down. Because you have to remember, the Nile doesn't flow. Up. It goes from south to north. So the upper kingdom and the lower kingdom is reversed. So even if you're watching The Mummy and all these Hollywood stories of really light-skinned Egyptians, right? 
Mm-hmm. You know, people who, who, who came down to that area came from the Upper Kingdom, which is now Ethiopia, mm-hmm. Sudan, Sudan area. Yep. So when you talk about, like, Hannibal of Carthage, what do you think Carthage is? What do you think that man looked like? So mm-hmm. we have to do a better job, and, and I, I fight that, you know, on this program um, as well as, as other programs. But I'm constantly in that mode of understanding that the people who are listening to us are listening at least in good faith in saying that, hey, we're not getting this stuff in mainstream media. Someone needs to say this. And I actually, mm-hmm. the faith keeper that I mentioned said that to me a few weeks ago. I was having a conversation with him about something. And, you know, again, he's 90, and he said somebody needs to say it, <laughs> right? So I am mm-hmm. saying this now is that pay attention and stop only validating what you know by what it is that you're getting in a textbook because that guy was vetted. That book was vetted. The editor vetted that, and they said, hey, we're not publishing this unless it fit this criteria. That could possibly hmm. not be true. We have to do a better job, so long live the spirit of Million Man March. is <laughs> the more of that story for me. Um, and if you don't know anybody who's gone to the Million Man March, it's because you have not asked. It's because there was more, nearly 2 million people there. So they're living, and it wasn't like, you know, it was in the 40s, right? Like, figure it out. <laughs> even even to a point where if you need to send your comments in, and I think I said this, if you send to this program any questions for me or LES during this segment, send them. But we're vetting them. Don't think you're just going to get up here clowning. But we will answer some questions. <laughs> we'll do a whole segment of it. Really? <laughs> there you go. All right. Now, our, our first story, I just want to say, um, there was an aftershock to America's biggest earthquake in 50 years that hit Alaska's um, peninsula uh, more than two, million, two, um, two months ago. It was a 6.9 magnitude. Um and it's felt in the same region as a mega wow. 8.2 that struck in July. Mm. That was an aftershock. The 6.9 is an aftershock of an 8.2 that hit in wow. July. <laughs> really? So what are we in October? And that's a repercussion from something that happened in July. So, you know, again, the tremor was confirmed as an aftershock. Um, but there's something that's going on, and everybody needs to. <laughs> you know, needs to understand. Don't brush past these climate change conversations when people uh, right. <laughs> start Getting talking up. about making policies. You know, the the Republicans mainly is the the culprit of this problem. Now, <laughs> the U.S. jobless claim dropped below um um three hundred thousand for the first time since the pandemic started, but ten point four million jobs remain open. Um, aim unusual post-pandemic recovery. Now, they said that there are 36,000 fewer unemployment claims this week, reflecting the one-month mark after extended federal unemployment benefits ended nationwide. You know, I Jay spoke about this earlier. Someone mentioned this earlier. The thing about unemployment and people taking jobs is employers have been so long profiteering off of the backs of their workers mm-hmm. and not People are just yep. done. Yeah. So, so 
Yeah. So when we went through, we went through about 20 years of anti-union rhetoric in politics. Like it wasn't even like five years of it. We've been, they've been anti-union for a long, since Reagan. So it's been more than 20 years. Damn, Mm -hmm. 40 years, right? Reagan was in 80. So you had, you had all of this anti-union stuff going on. And people think that they can pay workers and you should just be happy to have a job. Remember people was going through that, Elias? Yep, yep, I sure do. <laughs> United, yeah. we, United we, 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 we profit, divided, we beg. I'm telling you, that's the yep. way it works. Yep, and even people in the unions was fighting to break the unions because they believed yeah, that sure. rhetoric that somebody else was selling them. Now, mm-hmm. when you're looking at the Bill Gates of the world and – you know, SpaceX, and we want to go to the moon and go to Mars with your money. Everybody's <laughs> like, all right. You know what? <laughs> like, they might as well sit there and be like, we're going to have a bonfire of all of our money. We're just going to put it in a big pile and burn about $2 trillion and, and cook yeah, some hot McDonald's dogs and roast marshmallows to... on them because that's what they do. I've seen the McDonald's. I see the McDonald's trying to pay people $21 an hour now, man. Yeah. Yeah, they've been ripping off workers. You can't – the inflation of of employees – like doing employee salaries has been stagnant for years. But these companies and these Mm -hmm. executives have been making tons of money. Yeah. And then they they make you feel bad for wanting more money. So yeah, I, 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 I remember. Sure <laughs> remember, we had a, a show, and and, um, and I can't even remember who it was. But you know, people, I have stories of people who complain to me about, yeah, I went to this restaurant and they ain't have no workers, and they can't find none, and people should want to work these days. And I'm like, would you, you know, um, clean tables for two dollars and something an hour and work on tips? Mm-hmm. Are you crazy? Yeah. Who, who wants to do that anymore? No, right. pay me. Tell me what I'm worth. You making you making big bank pay me. Now, if you don't want to pay me, you don't have to have. I don't have to work for you. It's simple, right? So the so the owners are complaining. Well, we can't get no workers. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course you can't. Ripping them off like that. So you know what they do? They just want to raise prices. So they'll be like, I'll pay you more, but I'm going to raise prices. I don't care what you do. Nobody's gonna come to your restaurant. You raise prices. Really? So work out. Really, you, you don't work out your, yeah, uh, Work that out. Yeah, yeah. Work out your your, your economy. You know your scale, right? Here's what your profit is. Here's what the customers gonna pay, and here's what you, what you need to pay workers to make a decision on if you need to be in business. But yeah, it, it's sure. bad. But anytime I see jobless numbers and people talking about, oh Biden did Biden ain't do jack, like. There is no way that the president has hurt this economy at all. This at is all a adjustment of the people who in, who've been profiteering and the people who are tired of making nothing. They're making a stand because now you need the employees. That this is the first time the workers actually have leverage. You want yep. to shut this down and it is. or not? Mm-hmm. Hey, remember when the football when football um. <laughs> Had a strike, they bought in scab workers. Yep. Remember that? Well, you're not going to bring, yep, bring in scab workers to work at uh, Kellogg's. <laughs> you know what I'm like? We're going to get scabs to break. They can't do that. At John Deere, mm-hmm. they bringing in those scab yep. workers. 
Don't nobody want to work nope. for you if you're going to do that? Yeah, so, yeah. You, you ain't paying nobody nothing. You're not paying a, you're not paying a livable wage to people, but you're yep. willing to come to work for you. Get out exactly. of here. Yep, but that's been an old, old philosophy. That's kind of, you know, in the vein of, like, fascism and stuff, like people working in coal mines, getting paid nothing, and then getting, you know, black lung and all that stuff and not wanting them to have health care. Like, you on your own. Like, you just can't treat people any kind of way because they're disposable, but you make all the money. Really? Exactly. Yeah, at some point, that needs to come to a head. And it's coming to a head. Republicans are going to try to blame the the president and the Democratic Party, but they're the ones who've been deregulating everything so that the companies are profiteering. So they cause a problem and then blame you for the outcome. All that Trump stuff that they did. Just like they did. Yep. Just like yep. they did with the... Uh, the debt ceiling. <laughs> they, yeah. They're the ones that, that, that brought all the debt in. Then it's, nah, we don't even want to vote for that. No, nope. right. deal with it. Right. They spent all that money, gave those big tax breaks, which it cost like over a trillion dollars in tax breaks. Now the, the government doesn't have the revenue, and they have to pay interest on that money. And now it's like, oh, we're not going to pay for that. That's y'all problem. So voters get to come back and be like, yeah. Yeah, the Democrats aren't settling the debt ceiling. The Republicans really yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now they don't want to pay that's it. That's the way it works. Yep, mm-hmm. it always works that way. So that's why we're here to talk about it, because that, that's just crazy. Now, um, the cost of meat, poultry, fish, and eggs in the U.S., they said, has skyrocketed by 15.7% in two years. And experts warn that the soaring energy costs could drive them even higher. So customers are expected to pay more um, after grocery prices continue to rise across the board. They said the global cost of food has reached a 10-year high. Oh, yeah. Trust me. And again. Made me change my diet. (laughs) I know that's right. Again, it's a part of, you know, the global shipping, the pandemic, the resources, and now the employment. That's all wrapped in. But here's what I know is that. Just like with the airlines, when things go back to normal, they're not lowering them prices. Because <laughs> remember, nope. when the airlines, we had a uh, fuel prices was going up because of whatever. So they said, hey, we're going to charge you for luggage. You, and so once mm-hmm. they made their money back and the fuel prices went down, do you still pay for your mm-hmm. luggage on the airline? Yep. Depends on what airline. Hey, <laughs> they ain't you had to pay for it. Say it again. Mm-hmm. Southwest, you don't have to pay for it. Oh, you don't? But, you know, you don't oh, have to pay for it. No, Southwest Airlines, you don't have to pay for your luggage. But the rest of them, yeah. And, but mm. damn hell, Southwest was leaving people just like Frontier Airlines were. Oh, they were? That's crazy to me. Oh, God, yeah, they had a big mix-up, man, last mm. week. Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did see that. Sleeping in the airport. Mm-hmm. They're saying that they had yeah. mm-hmm. Lied about it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, um. Drug overdose deaths in the U.S. has reached a record high of 96,000 during the last 12 months of the COVID um, pandemic, is what the CDC is saying. Now, between March 2020 and March 2021, the U.S. recorded 96,779 drug overdose deaths. That's a 29% increase. Um, What is it? Oh, yes, 29.5% increase or... um, 74,679 
recorded over the previous 12 months. So, dag, we broke that record by at least, or like like 22,000 more deaths. Wow. Wow. Yep. Now, I know we kind of talk about John Deere, but I'll still do the story. More than 10,000 John Deere workers uh, went on strike demanding higher wages as the company raked in record profits. And CEO, he took home 220 times more than the average employee. So they demanded higher wages. Um, the workers leveraged their increased uh, power in the labor market to say that, hey, you guys have bigger profits. You guys need to share it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're not seeing that, and the people who own John Deere is probably pissed, but whatever. To them? Now, the SEC. Did you see that one guy out of Seattle? What happened? The one guy out of Seattle. The one guy out of Seattle. He uh, he he was making a couple million dollars a year, but mm-hmm. you know his workers were were complaining to him saying that he was ripping them off. So what he did was he said, okay, let me take a look at it, and he said, you know what, you're right. I'm gonna take a seventy thousand dollar a year job, and everybody in this place will make seventy thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Come to find that everybody everybody was talking trash about him, how he was gonna fail, and the business almost did during the pandemic. But what the workers did, they said. We'll give money back to you so the right. business can succeed. And the business succeeded, and he's still giving them money. So if you yeah. treat people right, people will treat you right. Yep, I did see that. I saw that news story because of the, you know, Fox News people talking about he's ruining America and they're going to fail, and they were wishing him failure, and they succeeded beyond everybody's belief. Because right. mm-hmm, the yeah, the employees is like, no, we don't want this business to fail, so we'll give back. We'll, we'll, we'll right. take we'll take a pay cut, and they took a pay cut when he was trying to take a pay cut, and they still survived, man. That's what I'm saying, dude. This is crazy to me. This is nuts. Yeah, yeah. and it's just like I said, it's the CEOs that actually kind of that that attitude starts from the top. If you are a venture capitalist and you just worried about your bottom line and money, they will lay off workers just to save a, a, a doggone dollar. But they they wouldn't lose any money. They just want to yeah. make a bigger profit. It's the, the story that happened with um, Hostess, you know, the company that the venture capitalist, was, it was Bain and a couple of other, Bain Capital and those guys who own Hostess, they sold that. They filed bankruptcy because they knew the brand was worth a billion dollars. The name was more than it was making ho-hos or cupcakes or any of that stuff, the brand was, and they ended up selling it. They tried to break the union so that they can make more money. Hmm. But wow. unlike the guy who owns Target, the CEO of Target, that guy is in Target. Like, he works sometimes in the store. Like, he works with his workers. So they're always that's going to always be a better place to shop than yeah. even Walmart. Because Walmart yeah. don't take care of their employees like that. No. You go on Target, and I'm saying a random Target, and stop an employee and say, "Hey, um, where's the, where's the, where's the, I don't know, shirts," and they will always be nice to you because they get a good living wage in Target. <laughs> they really are, like, you know what I mean? Like some people could have attitudes, yeah. but I have not mm-hmm. met a Target worker that act like they didn't want to be there. Never. Yeah. If your work environment is pleasant, that's where you want to be at. Yep. Nobody wants your to be in that crap. 
Your employees will be pleasant if your work environment is pleasant. You know, we have a grocery mm-hmm. store called Wegmans here, and I know they just put one in New York City, and there's one in North, some place in North Carolina, maybe Charlotte. And every time you hear reviews, people would come up to visit, and they would say, man, this store is, so, is nice. And I'm like, yeah, that store, they take care of their employees. <laughs> like, That's it. you know, their employees act a little That's bit it. different when you take care of them. Now, it would be a privilege to work there, you know, when your employer, you're a high school student and you're working someplace that is going to give you health coverage. <laughs> like, even as a part-time worker, you're like, wait a minute, what? You know, you can work here. So, yeah. Um, really? Yeah. So, oh, um, you know, Twitter started um, testing a feature that allows users to remove a follower without them formally being blocked. So in September, yeah, they said it's now available to all users because they tested it in September. But it's available to all users on the web version of that platform that you can block, that you can remove them without them knowing. Because that's the thing. I think people don't remove folks because they feel like, you know, the person will call them up and say, hey, you know what, um, you blocked me. <laughs> you know, like, whatever. Oh, so, wow. they, they released that. <laughs> now, um, President Biden um, will lift all travel restrictions for all foreign nationals on November 8th um, after 18 months of blocking them, right? So, visitors will have to prove that they're vaccinated and show a negative test. The White House is set to you know, was set to announce that, and they did that. They have lifted lifted restrictions. Um, they will lift them on November eighth. And and again, the biggest problem was they said that mm. many foreign nationals, um, you know, couldn't return home because they wouldn't be able to get back in, right? Because we we restricted our travel, so ah, international travel is back. Now, New York's governor. Um, Hoko, Kathy Hoko says that 3% of the workers at hospitals and nursing homes were fired or resigned for refusing to get the COVID vaccine. Um, that was ahead of their state's mandate or New York state's mandate. Wow. So, mm. yeah. She said about 25,000 people have been fired, re, uh, resigned, retired, or furloughed for not getting that vaccine. Again, that's your choice. But right. nobody has to pay you to put everybody else at risk, especially when you work in a senior center. Really? You know what I mean? If you work at a nursing home, <laughs> you don't want to get vaccinated, you should be fired immediately. Really? Because, again, it's not about mm. you. You can get you can catch the virus all you want at home, but you don't get the right to bring that around other people. You know? that I can sue the nursing home for having family in there if they put them at unnecessary risk. So if an employee is unnecessary risk, then technically they are liable, just like your hospitals. Yep. So when yep. I see hospital workers picketing and saying they don't want to get vaccinated, the hospital's liable. So technically yeah. they fire you mm-hmm. if, if their worker gives you that virus. Now, um, um, Merck, or, yeah, Merck um, is asking the FDA for emergency use for the first pill to treat COVID. After their trial showed that the chance of death in at half is 50 percent chance of death and hospitalization if you take that as a first treatment. So Merck is happening. You saw that? Now I saw that, and and what got me is a lot of people that have started. Now I'll get that. I'll get that. 
Well, I asked the guy at work, I said, well, what's in that one? He said, I don't know, but I get that one. I said, well, what's in it? I don't know, but I get that one. I said, dude, you, you what you're telling right, me. You're still that, putting something you in your body that, that you don't know what it's doing. Yes, but he, he, he was adamant about it. I get that one, yep. I would get that one because that's a pill. And that, that ain't going to stay in your body long. I said, you don't know what it's going to do or what it is going to do. I said, well, how I would you sit there and say something that's stupid? Well, he, he did. He said he did. Yeah, yeah you know what? I, 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 just to clear this out, clear this up, a shot does not stay in your body long either, right? So just like a pill, it just disintegrates into your body. Your body creates antibodies against foreign things that are foreign, right? So let's just say you ate an apple, and the apple had whatever, candidas or something. It had something that's going to make you sick. Well, your body is going to react to whatever you are putting in your body. It doesn't matter if it comes through your arm, through your bath water, if you was laying in a uh, swimming in a river. It does not matter. Things enter your body all kinds of ways, but there's a way to flush your body. So if you want to alkaline your body a little bit more and drink more spring water and start to flush your body, it will get any impurities out of it. It doesn't give a damn if it's the um, if it's a common cold or if it's a vaccine, but nothing stays in your body. It creates antibodies, which means your own body is learning how to fight something that's foreign to it. So, mm-hmm. and and by the way, the the um, MRA stuff, the Pfizer and um, and Moderna, that is not even a dead strain of the virus at all. Like it's yeah, not like you put the virus. In you. So. Yeah, when people say that, I always kind of, like, figure, you, you still have to correct that because that's misinformation. It's like, oh, that pill can come out of my body faster. No, no, it don't. No faster than anything else, you know. That's pills. what he said. I, just, I looked at him and laughed, man. I, yeah. I, I asked him, what, what's an aspirin? He's like, I don't know. I can look up and see what's an aspirin. I said, you can look up and see what's in the, vi- in the vaccine, too. Yeah. Like, have you, you ever you know, seen something... Yeah, has you ever taken, like, those long, what do you call them, those long-lasting things? They're like, if you take this pill, it'll work for up to 24 hours? Yeah. Do, mm-hmm. do you know why that works that way? It's because the way it breaks down, those pills stores themselves in your liver, and your liver is a filter. So that's why when you take something, whether it's an aspirin or uh, acetaminophen or ibuprofen, you have things that will cause liver damage because they store themselves in your liver. So that, I mean, you don't have to go to medical school. I'm just making the point that something is, you know, whether it's a pill or not, or you're getting it injected, it just gets in your body faster. It breaks down in your body faster if it's liquid. So whether it's ingested or you drink orally, it works in your body faster. And a pill, time releases. It just sits in your stomach till the acid breaks it down and it stores itself in your liver, you know, because it's a filter. That's why it goes there first. So, you know. But, again, that's a great treatment, but you would rather have something that's going to create the antibodies so that it fights it off um, before you actually get it. Everybody's body is different. Yeah. Now, there's a new COVID trace app that will notify people if they've been exposed to the virus using Bluetooth. So it's developed by LSU. And it can tell a person if, when they need to quarantine or get tested through the COVID-19 um, close contact. But the app 
is I'm not going to tell you the name of the app because unlike getting the getting the um, the vaccine, I don't believe in tracking. <laughs> like that's different. <laughs> now you don't want government tracking. You get your butt into somebody else's track, and that may never go away. But mm. I would take I would take the vaccine before I let somebody track me. That's different. Really? Now you know. Um, I, I really feel like I should give him a nickname, but I, I can't think of one right now. But Joe Osteen, uh, oh, who made it worth. Yeah, I want to call him something, but I, I'll figure this out. But he's estimated to be worth fifty million dollars. He reportedly returned the four point four million that he got from the pandemic loans. As rich as he was, <laughs> took out of that pot of pandemic money because you know he was close to Trump. Right. right. So when everybody acts like Osteen is, you know, coming from a righteous place, I'm like, that dude is hustling like everybody else. He's right. a trickster like everybody else. So, again, when I can think of a name, if you think of one, let me know. Uh, but I feel like I need to call mm-hmm. him something. <laughs> like Joe Osteen <laughs> has returned the pandemic loan money. He know he didn't need it. Mm. And remember right. when Houston had the... Um, Got the hurricane. Storm, yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't open up his church. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. and did it last minute like he made a grand gesture. Like, what kind of of pastor are you not looking out for people who are not, who are less fortunate? What kind of church do you have? Yeah, it's worth (laughs) millions. And he didn't want those Negroes in that Tanner's church up. Let's call Mm -hmm. it what it is. Yeah. Now, um, excess. um, deaths amongst Blacks, Hispanic, and Hispanic Americans during the COVID pandemic were up three times as high, higher than the families of White and Asian people. So, hmm. NIH, um, there's an NIH study, the research from the National Cancer Institute, um, found that you know excess deaths from March to December 2020 were three times higher for Black men than for White men along with other racial disparities. Hmm. So, here we go again. Right? You want to yeah. talk about all the other pressures that's, that's on black folks. This is just another log in that fire. Now, hmm. New York State's um, largest health provider says that it fired 1,400 employees for not getting the vaccine ahead of their state's mandate, instead of ma- ahead of the mandated shots. Um, Northwell Health New York's largest healthcare provider um, just said that they just they just flat fired them, and it's unclear what job titles the workers had, but they just pretty much gave them a, a earlier deadline than the state had and said be gone. See yeah. again, you're you're a health provider, so they are liable if you make somebody sick while you're in their care. If I come yeah. into your facility without COVID, and I got facility if I got COVID for one of your staff members, I can sue you. Yeah. I know we're in a pandemic, but you 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 gave that risk factor was increased just by going to your in your facility. Mm. Now, a New York City judge prevented a Long Island father from visiting his three year old daughter in Manhattan unless he gets the COVID vaccine. Or wow. So they're like, You need to prove that you are um negative. Mm. Or get the vaccine to see your daughter. Because, again, in New York State, I think New York State's not playing. 
you can actually... No, they're not playing at all, man. You can give someone COVID and kill them, even mm-hmm. if it does not kill you. So, um, I guess people are still fighting and saying that this is their choice, but it is not your choice when you can affect other people. Now, mm-hmm. a black Louisiana state trooper is fired for leaking that internal records about the death of an African-American motorist, Ronald Green, who was beaten, tased, and shackled face down to the ground in 2019. So, mm. super, yeah, he was 33. He got fired because they were investigating um, his, the, the black guy's death in police custody, and they were dragging their feet. So the trooper was like, here's the, here's the video. Because, you know, the, the state is going to lie. Like, well, he was moving around. He was free. He was handcuffed. He was tasered, beating, and he was face down. And they killed him. Really? Yep. Now, he can't Damn. sue him, but, you know, they fired the guy for releasing that. But, hey, you got you to gotta sleep at night. So, technically, when somebody does something, you need to... Live with your own conscience. Mm. Now, you know, Philadelphia becomes the first U.S. major city to end pulling over for minor traffic offenses. <laughs> they said that um, the tactic which opponents say, uh, well, I don't say opponents, but it, it disport, um, disproportionately affect black people. So, New York, so Philadelphia has become the first major city to ban police traffic stops of low-level motor um, vehicles offenses on Thursday. You know, wow. so again, it, they need to change the laws back. If you don't know really? that in um, the crime bill, I think it was Clinton in the 90s, or maybe it was doing Reagan, I can't remember which one. But prior to that, if you had like um, a broken taillight, they would just pull you over and give you a ticket and keep on about their business. But now those things, when they when they pull you over, they can use any excuse and go, get out of the car, let's run your name, let's see who you are, who you got in the car, where you going, and blah, blah, blah. Where before, they never did that. So just because they didn't change those laws, Philly is saying, don't even pull them over no more. You can, you can wow. warn them and tell them, but don't pull them over because police pull you over as an excuse to do something else. Like, they're like, hey, you have a, an air freshener hanging from your rear view. So they use that as an excuse to pull you over and then harass you. So Philly is the major city to do it. Now, I know what the Republicans are going to say. It's like you need those excuses to get bad people off the street, right? Use any tactic that you can as an excuse so that you can see who they are in the whole slave tracking system issue, right? We get to, we get to run everybody black through the system, get them fingerprinted, figure out where they're going and where they're coming from. But the truth is, that's not what policing was intended to be. It is not... Well, I'm sorry. It is a slave tracking system. That's what it was purpose for. But you're supposed to be really peace officers. So, technically, they they used it for revenue grabbing at some point and making excuses to pull people over. So, shout out to Philly. Now, um, the U.S. A U.S. Capitol Police officer is indicted for obstruction of justice after he warned rioters to remove Facebook photos that showed him in the building on January 6th. He was like, you know, take this off so that nobody's looking at me. So they, they um, you know, Michael Riley is the guy's name, 
who was accused of tipping off someone who who participated in the riot by telling them to remove posts on Facebook and showing the person inside the Capitol. So they're still fighting that. And, you know, also, I don't know if you've seen many of these, um, um, the people who are, are, are starting to go to court. But Mm-mm. the judge have been warning people about self-representation and said that it will lead to um, failure, right? So a, a federal judge granted permission on Thursday to a California police chief who turned, yo- who, who turned uh, Yogi um, <clears throat> turned, <laughs> and then turned three percenter. Um, like he went through all these transformations, right? And the judge said, look, I will tell you up front, I've never seen a, uh, a pro se defendant actually succeed. And so they're finding that all of these people who are opting to represent themselves are all losing, right? And mm. the judge says, I would never represent myself if I was charged with a crime, <laughs> right? Like, don't, don't do it. But, you know, they, they're getting thrown in jail left and right. So mm. this guy, um, Hofstetter, um, who, who decided to re- represent himself, he faces um, felony criminal indictment alleging that he conspired with representers and far-right militia groups to obstruct conference, uh, Congress from certifying the electoral count by creating a violent mob at the Capitol. He is one of six California men associated with the three percenters that are charged with conspiracy, and that guy wants to represent himself. So the judge was like... Mm. I don't think so, but okay. And the, and, and the judge granted them permission. <laughs> they were like, okay. Yeah. Right. You need to know yeah. everybody in their mama is going down. Really? Right? So, um, yeah. they, at least they're warning them. They're like, we, we try, <laughs> we, because here's what happened. One of those guys went up and accidentally admitted to two more felonies while he was representing himself. Really? Yeah, he incriminated himself. So they were saying, "Wow, you know, they don't have the experience, and there's too great of a risk of self-incrimination." So just on Tuesday, one of the Capitol rioters who refused a lawyer, acted, they say accidentally, admitted to two new felonies while representing himself. Hmm. Again, okay, you don't know the law, and you're like, "I'm just gonna go in there and tell my side of the story." You <laughs> see how that works out. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, the Bayer Aspirin Company is defended, um, defends Monsanto's uh, merger in federal court, like uh, from a suit from their investors. So a U.S. district mm. court uh, will decide if Bayer, if the Bayer Company deceived investors about the merits of the $63 billion merger with Monsanto. Monsanto. I'm giving unintended litigation over Monsanto's weed killer roundup. So, you know, it caused cancer and all this stuff, and they're getting sued. Yeah. But Bear bought them. And so, you know, that's going to make Bear liable. So the investors are like, hey, we didn't approve this merger. You should have let them take that on the chin. <laughs> and then we could have bought them when they were little to nothing. Right. But Monsanto is, uh, you know... A big They've agricultural been for a long time, man. Yeah. Yep. Big mm. ag. Uh, now, a Navy submarine engineer and his wife were both brought up on charges for spying on the U.S. Mm-hmm. for unidentified foreign government. 
and were ordered to um, detained without bail during their court appearance in uh, West Virginia. Uh, so they sold military secrets. They're accused of selling military secrets and classified information about nuclear uh, nuclear submarines to an unidentified foreign country. Mm. So we'll see how this case goes, but I don't think that they they're at least gonna have to tell who they sold it to, right? Or they're gonna they're gonna yeah. get defense on this one. Mm. Now you know. Tiger Woods has set to pocket an eight million dollar payout from the PGA Tour uh, for having the most social media influence, despite not playing a single tournament all year. <laughs> He's about really? to get eight Yeah, I don't even watch golf unless Tiger Woods is on there, and I golf like mm. <laughs> ass. So if if I knew that he was on or something, I might glance at it, but. At no time when I see any PGA stuff on, I don't really, I don't pay attention to golf. I watch that just as much as football. So Tiger Woods remained eligible for the Players Impact Program rewards um, that rewards profession, um, professionals based on their social media popularity. Um, it's, it's a it's a scheme to bring mm. more fans to the sport. So Tiger Woods is extremely popular. That's why everybody hates Tiger Woods. Like, he's not even golfing, and he still makes more money than everybody else. Like, yeah. yeah, he brings more people to golf, too. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, okay, so here is where we go into our sad um, European news stories. Like, I'm just going to do, do a list of them. And, again, I still haven't done black and white yet, but I haven't forgotten. So a pregnant <laughs> 41-year-old teacher is arrested for having an affair with 15-year-old boy after he showed his friends videos of them having sex and cops found the explicit photos that she sent him on WhatsApp. So, wow. Uh, she was 41. She was released from jail on Saturday on bond two days after her arrest, after, po- after um, posting bail. Um, I, I would say the name of the school, but it was in Miami, and um, that was stupid. So here's another one. A California mom, 47, is accused of hosting wild sex parties for a 15-year-old son and had dozens of teens in her home uh, when she was arrested. So Shannon O'Connor was said to be in company of 12 underage children when deputies arrived to arrest her on a fugitive warrant at her house in Idaho over the weekend. So not only did they arrest her at one of the parties, they arrested her for having the parties. So she can't say they ain't true. <laughs> I don't know what her really? defense will be when they get her in court. Really? Um, uh, Alabama high school secretary, 43, is charged with having sex with a 16-year-old male student. Um, as seen, she was smirking in her mugshot, if you see it. It's Martha Pope is her name. She's 43 from Alabama. She has been charged with being a school employee engaging in sex in a sexual act with a student. After, um, I'm not going to go anymore in that, but it happened in September. I'm not going to get too disgusting. Mm. It is is Sunday. (laughs) Now, um, I don't know if you remember this story of that kid, Eric Smith, who was 13, who lured a four-year-old boy into the woods and then beat him to death with a rock. The little redhead kid. Do you remember him? No, I don't remember him. Oh, my gosh. Now, this was years ago that he did that. That kid is now 41 years old, and after 11 attempts for parole, they're finally they're letting him out. He's going to be released from really? uh, 
prison November 17th after parole board granted his release. He was sentenced to nine years to life. Who married, mm. he married a four-year-old, and um, I don't know where this is, but um, Savonia, New York, in 1993, the attack, he attacked and killed him um, when he was coming home from summer camp in the woods. He strangled him, he hit him with a rock, sexually abused him with a stick, and then told the parole board in 2014 that he was remorseful for his violent crime and his anger wasn't directed towards the boy. And his family, so it was directed towards his family for? and bullies. What'd you say? Who the hell was it directed for? Give me a break. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Look, they're about, you talk about letting somebody psychotic on the street like this dude. I don't know what kind of therapy he got in jail, but um, I can see this going all sorts of wrong. I just want to put mm-hmm. that. It is not going to have a white ticket fist, uh, fence ending where he has a dog and some kids and throwing a stick in the park. That is not going to happen with this kid. No, it's not. Put a rock at that younger man. Mm. All right. So, wow. um, yeah. So, um, scientists determined that 75% of Roman emperors died from violent death on the battlefield or plots to kill him. So, mm. they were saying... 75% of the 69 men who ruled the Roman Empire from 63 B.C. to 395 A.D. died from violent death. Now, again, mm. nobody's surprised. <laughs> I don't think from mm-hmm. all the movies that you watch about the barbarians and the Vikings, that's European history. It is violent. It is not like harmonious, like, you know, Hey, they just lived in harmony, harmony, and then somebody tried to do something. <laughs> it was violent, you know. I think mm. that the um, out of the sixty-three, I think the number is there was only two heterosexual rulers of Rome because Rome started off as a men's colony of just men. Really, it's where the word romance comes from. Whoa! <laughs> yes, it was a Roman men's okay. colony. See, yeah, history okay. is not all that it's cracked up to be. But again, we like to hide history to put these great lights on it and, and to make people seem like they're noble. But yeah, they would actually have sex with little boys and then throw them over the cliff. That's how the Roman rulers were. Like they were really crazy. Damn. Like it was. Wow. Yeah. I know. See, I I know people didn't uh, tune in for that kind of history today, but. Again, we're breaking stereotypes. On, uh, we're we're trying to break the systemic hold that everybody has for history on this show. Um, yeah, so don't don't go look at Roman history unless you want to hear a really sad story, because all of them, the Franks, the Nordic stuff, those are pretty violent um, and not really pretty um, um, histories they evolve. And although some of the things may be okay and palatable. But it says to what we talked about in the show earlier is that people fight giving true story about, you know, his, slavery or the Holocaust or war, World War One or two. You know, the Rockefeller Foundation commissioned a study on World, world War One and two for a good reason. 
right? Our definitive history from those world wars come from the Rockefeller Foundation. And you know why? Because mm. this oil, which is mobile oil now, um, had mm. a German subsidiary that they were making money um, supplying oil to the tanks and German planes with the Rockefellers. They made money on both sides. Mm. Yep, they're not the only ones. IBM did. Um, Siemens did. Some of the trains um, that was taking the victims of the Holocaust to the camps were um, were Siemens. Um, that company owned those. So there's a lot of companies that profited from the Holocaust. It, it's like Mercedes and wow. and um, Volkswagen, all of those companies. And and you know the soda, the soda Fanta. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, the Fanta soda. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know that's a German. That's a German. That was a German company. It was created. Yes, it was created during the World War because Coke and all those guys would not build plants. So Hitler wanted to make their own colas, but they never made cola. They made like orange soda and you know red. That's what's that. Yeah, That's good. So all of that, that Fanta, the Fanta, the red Fanta. cream soda, <laughs> cream soda, all of that stuff. Wow, were made by the Nazis. So after really? the war, Coke came in and bought them. So Coke ended mm. up owning Fanta, but that's flat a German. That was flat relational to the um, to the Nazis. They created Fanta. Mm. I know we didn't we didn't mean to go for that all day, <laughs> but hey, that's where that comes from. But again, <laughs> it's history, right? Now, um, yeah. Now, get this: some of the famous British brands. Um, of like chocolate, you know, Cadbury, Cathedral City, some of the stuff I don't know anything about. Anchor, um, they're fueling the destruction of the Brazilian rainforest, according to a new report. The mm. by IT, ITV News, Greenpeace, Peace on Earth, and the Bureau of Investigation Journalism traced soybeans used in the UK to their original source, and that stuff is coming from Brazil. So they're cutting down the rainforest, really? feed dairy cattle in Britain for all of these products. Like not just not just the um, Cadbury folks, but these other products that you know I can name them, but I don't have any relationship to them. But yeah, a part of that was that they're feeding Britain again. European countries, mm. and I know we have a lot of people from European countries that are listening to this. Uh, or part of Europe, but it's a part of what being colonizers are, right? They're going to sucking up the resources for other other places because there's no natural resources there to be had. So when you talk about yeah. how you your livestock, they're taking it from someplace. And so yeah. Cadbury um, actually released a statement, and they said that they are working to improve their sustainability in their supply chains. So they wouldn't admit to it, but they were like, look, we are going to. We're trying to clean that up as best we can. We just can't do nothing right mm. now. Uh, now, Microsoft has revealed that they have um, fought off one of the biggest cyber attacks in his, in the history last month. So they said they were able to fight off a master, uh, a massive distributed. Um, I guess it's a distributed denial of service hack involving seventy thousand computers across Asia. Asia. But it was like the biggest one so far, but Microsoft has defended mm. against it. 
everybody's fighting this stuff. Now, yeah, really. Yeah. Now, in in science, I know we haven't done too many of these. I used to do a lot of stories in science, but they're saying that eating mushrooms could help your risk of suffering depression, according to a new study. So (laughs) Penn State College of Medicine's uh, experts, is what they're saying, looked into the diet and mental health data from more than 24,000 adults, and um, their decade-long research showed that volunteers who've avoided mushrooms are more likely to develop depression. Now, Mm. again, they're not giving us no demographic issues, but (laughs) I'm just saying, (laughs) they believe that an anti-inflammatory amino acid produced in mushrooms can be behind the effect. Now, mushrooms are actually good for you, by the way, some of them, all According to Dr. Sebi, all of them but shiitake, because really? just like the name, yeah, just like the name impl- implies, to make a shiitake mushroom, it has to be in S H I, taki. That's why. That's how you make shiitake. But anyway, all other mushrooms is what he's saying is okay. Shiitake, not so much. Mm. But yeah, that is uh, that is the gist of it. Like that, if you. If you do take mushrooms, it'll help you with health effects. And, hey, you know what? If you, you know, put it in a food processor and chop it up, it tastes just like meat. So if you want to get off a meat diet, yeah. try mushrooms. You know, I know a lot of people don't like the texture of mushrooms, but it'll it'll. Taste I love like mushrooms, man. Oh, really? I, do, I love mushrooms. I love them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll, it'll taste like ground beef if you do that. Now, a Florida man stepped out of his car, walked into the sheriff's department, and confessed to a 2011 murder. See, this is what I wanted to play black or white on. My bad. I just wanted my black or white story. So, this is it. But we can still play this. Because <laughs> Benjamin, well, I want to white. Oh, he's he's white. He's 43. He's no he he white. He's white. <laughs> on Wednesday. He's white. <laughs> Straight up white. You're right. You're you're right. He he (laughs) killed this woman. Uh, A suspected prostitute is what they said was found dead in 2011, and he was charged for selling the details of the murder that detectives have kept private in front of the general public, and Mm -hmm. only the killer would have known. So um, Mm. he told cops he couldn't live with the guilt anymore. So again. <laughs> Again, please, bro. I was going there, like, hey, I did it. Yeah, exactly. Bro, you shouldn't have did it in the first like place, you nut. Really? Right? Because mm-hmm. no, nobody's gonna feel sorry for you. No, nope, not at all. Now, now here, here's again. I could have played black or white with this, but a stepmom, 28, confesses to sex trafficking her daughter to her ex-boyfriend, who's a police chief who raped her for a hundred bucks. White. Yes, it happened in West Virginia. That's why. She does have to change. Yeah, yeah. Kristen Nyler Leggett pled guilty to conspiracy to engage in sex trafficking of a minor. She arranged for a 17 year old stepdaughter to be raped by a police chief. Oh, my Lord. What is wrong with people in the world? Exactly. And again, the reason why I'm doing the story, because we act like this doesn't exist. So, no charges mm. will be filed against the South Carolina father, whose 20-month-year-old twin boys died from exposure after he forgot to drop them off at daycare. 
Now he left oh, good all Lord. day. And um, although this is a really sad story, uh, if I play black or white, the fact that he has no charges against him will give you. You're white. You're yeah. White. Hey, come on. Yep. You face no charges for death um, that he left him in the car in September. Now, I again, I'm sure he didn't intentionally kill his kids. And mm-hmm. I have empathy when this happens, but they don't let black people off that doggone easy. No. No. Right? They don't say, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's horrible accident and nobody would have ever done that. They go, you should have been more responsible. How do you feel like they would have been on him? Yeah. Now, now, an Oklahoma City dad brutally beats a pastor who's 33 for stopping out um, um, students at the bus stop and recording him inappropriately, inappropriately touching his nine-year-old son. What? So, yes. The guy, he was 33. He was charged with indecent act to a child and detained by Oklahoma City's um, detention center and was um, – and it was not the first time that that guy followed um, children and interacted with a child, is what police saying. Oh. Yeah. The guy was oh. a pastor, 33. Wow. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, now, with people in I am hoping, Why do you mess with a child, man? I, I don't know. Again, you know, that's the only thing I think you should get the death penalty. Like, not the only thing, but I think the death penalty is always award. Uh, um as appropriate. Mm-hmm. You ain't kidding there. Yep. Now, um, now a heartless daycare teacher um, was charged with assault after he was caught on camera aggressively shoving down a four-year-old. Now, what? the teacher in Ohio, the daycare, he was white. Right? I saw the video of this as well. Um, the video was published by the local news early in the week, um, and he was they assault, um Assault charges because a black student, a little girl, four-year-old, was walking past him, and he pushed her down. And another teacher saw it, but they didn't bring charges until they showed it on camera. So oh, just like, good Lord. Just like that pastor got beat down, somebody else needs mm-hmm. to beat down. I'm just going to put oh, that out there. He got his ass totally whooped, man. Right then. If that had been any one of my relatives, I'd have been beating his ass from now on, man. Yeah, I can't Sorry. imagine. I can't imagine if the parents of that child saw found when they found this out. They would they had to lock him up. <laughs> like like they yeah. would have been like somebody's gonna get at you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they, anyway, I didn't mean to end on that out. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't mm-hmm. mean to end on such a negative note, but there you have it. That's the news that we have. Mm-hmm. But we have to put mm-hmm. those out there, people. So that you know yeah. that everything's not everything. Yeah. You know. <laughs> All right. Oh That's you know sure. what? Then there was there was one more teacher, thirty eight. She was at an eighty four thousand dollars a year school, and she had sex with an underage student as well. So don't think it's just a oh, person for Lord. doing this. Tyler Jacobs, no. thirty eight, the English teacher, um, in Florida. Another. Wow. Mm-hmm. There we go. Mm-hmm. Hey, I had to yep. catch him up on the bad news because I told everybody to have a good week. Because <laughs> 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 next week might be rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, all right. All right, brother. We'll see you next week, man. All right. See you next week. <laughs> Later. All right, bro. Later.